guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play, cause I play them too. Oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Showing you that door, Ron gotta have Yo, 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 welcome to episode 12 of the Fat Boy Jiu Jitsu podcast. I'm your host, Fat Boy. I can be found on Twitter at Fat Boy Jiu Jitsu and on Instagram at Fat Boy BJJ. So, what is up? Well, um, let me tell you, uh, Weighed myself this this weekend. Yeah, well, between yesterday and today, um, fucking fucking scales three twenty one, baby. I um, man, I really do. And <clears throat> how do I say this? It has a lot more to do with keto than it does me, um, working out. This last uh, couple of days, actually, since since actually about the 4th of July, I've been driving back and forth to Orlando from Fort Myers, um, twice, three times, twice, along with working and going to doctor's appointments and going here and there. So I really haven't had much time to, you know, devote a full workout. Um, I did right after... Right after um, 4th of July. It was actually uh, the Wednesday right after um, on July 5th. And at that point I was like starting my second week into just eating keto. Um, and I got so... I was I was almost useless on the mats. I, I was. We went to work out and it's... Uh, to warm up, I mean, run around the mats, um, shuffled inside, shuffled outside, um, you know, shrimps back and forth, and, uh, technical stand-ups, then uh, forward rows, back rows, you know, just going through through a little warm-up, and I fucking was dying. Um, so we drilled, whatever, and by the time I went to roll... I just had no energy. I was, I felt like I was going to pass out. So I went and I, um, just started drinking water and I just was like, man, I just needed to breathe. And I don't want to, and, and I, when I get hot like that, I hate, I don't like taking off my gee top, even though you need some more, you know, you can breathe better with your gee top off. I don't like taking it off. Cause I know once my geek top comes off, I'm probably not going to put it back on. First off, because it's sweaty. Um, and not that the sweat bothers me, because, I mean, it's on there afterwards. But if you have to take it off and you put it back on, it's like tight and cold. And I'm just, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather have just keep it on. Plus, 
my mentality is. My, I'm I'm only taking off my gi top because I'm done. I'm not taking off my gi until I'm done training. So I sat there, drank some water, and, and the more water I drank, it felt like the more was just coming off the sweat was just coming off, pouring off the top of my head. So left, um, went home, got something to eat. Uh, eggs and, and and some slivers of uh, a cheese and you know just trying to continue to eat keto because there's nothing more when you're sick like that or you have um, when your stomach's acting up the one time you want bread that's one the one time you want bread the most I felt it I was like man I really can use some bread. Or some crackers, some white rice to just sit down there and settle my stomach. And I fought that urge because it was a hell of an urge. So, got home, ate. Um, well, not my home, uh, my mother's house. I ate, um, laid down. And I went and laid down. I was like, nah. So, ended up not sitting well. Took care of what I had to take care of. And then, after, yeah, you know, I brushed my teeth. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. I'll, I'm going to sleep this off, and I'm going to feel better. That's what I told myself. So, next day, sure enough, I woke up, had my bulletproof coffee out the door. That first sip, though, was hard because it was, my stomach was just so empty, and I, drop of coffee, I was like, oof, a little too much, um, so, once that was done, and, you know, I came, I got out of, past that, and just continually ate keto, you know, I did it, not once, have, um, well, actually, this happened this week, and I didn't even realize it, but, um, so, uh, knowingly not, you know, have not touched anything, um, that's not keto, because uh, I wanted to stay in it. I know if I leave, it's going to be that much harder for me to stay in ketosis. So, or, or to get back in. Um, I've noticed every time I've gone off a diet or a cheat day or something like that, that for me it tends to snowball. Well, this is not so bad. Let me get another one. Or let me try this, and then I'm doing fine, and then, and then that's when my weight starts to creep back up, creep back up. Um, like I said, you know, hit 321. That's a big number for me because my my entire time working out and and, and you know, last couple of years eating a, like a very paleo uh, diet, I was um I I never got below like 326 I think 326 or 324 it might have been even uh, but I've never was 321 never been th- never been in the low 320s I never been past or below the, the the 320s so for me to be here at this point I'm ecstatic and you know uh, granted I didn't lose 60 plus pounds all in keto let me repeat that I've only been keto for the last three weeks, and 
And when I mean three weeks, I'm like, this is the starting of the third week. Well, mid into the third week. It started on a Wednesday. Which, like I said, you know, I have to start. I, I If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to start. There's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to wait four more days. And, you know, what? these couple days I'm going to. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to start this diet. So let me just eat this and this and let me tack on this. And, and all, a lot of people do that. And it's, you're just hurting yourself even more. Well, at least that's how I, I feel. So I started and, uh, like I said, I haven't been off since. So my morning, you know, someone asked me about what I actually eat. Um, what I've kind of been doing is... Mornings, I have my Bulletproof coffee. Um, I have, I haven't, I don't fill the, the my, my metal cup. I fucking, someone got me a metal cup and I, I didn't want, like, everybody was walking around with these Yetis, right? And I wasn't going to pay fucking $50 for a fucking Rambler. There's craziness. And look, someone, one of the vendors or whatever brought me. A Rambler and logo, whatever, had a logo on it. It wasn't a Yeti. Um, but I like it. Fucking keep shit cold. Hot shit hot. It's fucking great. Um, the best is, like, leave it in the car. Still has cold water, ice. You leave it in the car, you go, you know, you do something, you come back out. Fucking cold water still in the car. And you don't got to carry the cup around. Best thing ever. Well, have... So I never feel actually fill that up all the way to the top on the Bulletproof Coffee. By the way, if you're going to use Bulletproof uh, Coffee in a metal cup, make sure that you're going to be okay with that metal cup always going to be tasting like coffee. Even when you put water in it. Mine, I always taste the coffee. No matter what. So as long as you're okay with that, fine. But just know, you know, it's going to happen. I've washed the hell out of mine. Maybe I can put some Clorox in it or something, get it all out, but I don't, I don't even want to do it, don't fuck with it, so I have that, and then, that's usually around, anywhere between 6.30 and 7.15, I make the coffee, I don't actually finish it until, I sip on it for most of the morning, I don't, I don't really kill coffee that quick, so I'll drink it until about Excuse me, I was yawning. Uh, I drink it at about 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. Um, and because I'm also intermittent fasting, I really don't eat until noon. Noon is my cutoff, or well, at least the, 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 the earliest I can, I start to eat. Um, if I'm hungry at noon, or before noon... I usually go um, and eat uh, what I, so what I've been doing is, um did twice last week, I did Chipotle for, for lunch, and it was real easy, I just did chip, uh, Chipotle salad bowl, salad, fucking tom guac, cream cheese, cheese, I'm, I said cream cheese, I meant sour cream cheese um the pico and guac boom I do double on the carnado because uh feels a little bit better anyways 
So I double up on that. That's what I eat. And then at home, when I get home, I may have a fat bomb or two. Um, and actually, I made a pretty dope. I want to say it's a fat bomb fudge. It's uh, So what I did was I uh, got some almond butter, uh, all natural almond butter. I went to a store we have here locally. It's called the Fresh Market. I don't know. You may have one or not. They make... <clears throat> um, they just have the machine that you fucking, the nuts are there. You press the machine, boom, you get the almond butter or peanut butter in, in a little container, boom, and you pay for it. Well, I used about six-tenths of a pound, and it's only because I couldn't, like, I was going to use half and half or half and a quarter of a pound, but it didn't work out that way. So what I ended up using was six-tenths of a pound of almond butter. And four tenths of a pound of peanut butter. Now, I say six tenths, but it was like 0.632, and the other one was like 0.42 something. So it wasn't exact, guys. Um, so the original recipe for these fat bombs calls for half of half a cup of almond butter or peanut butter to half a cup of coconut oil. But when I did them the last, I did them, you know, a week ago or ago or two weeks ago, the first time I did it, I noticed that if you use that much coconut oil, because coconut oil melts at like basically room temperature, they don't stay hard at all. Or, you know, they, they kind of melt very quickly. So to combat that, I figured a little less on the coconut oil, a little more on the on the butter, on the, on the you know almond butter or the peanut butter. So that's where I went with that. So I ended up using about a half, or I'm sorry, a full pound of almond butter and peanut butter, or you can just use almond butter, whatever. So I use that, um, a cup of coconut oil. Put it in a, little, in a little pan. Let it all melt. And, you know, the whole time I'm doing this is, is just stirring it, stirring it. So it gets a, it liquefies under the heat. And then once it's there, I put about three tablespoons of some stevia. Four tablespoons of uh, unsweetened uh, cacao powder, powder, which is just chocolate powder, like cacao. Um, I don't, uh, fucking ground chocolate powder. It's unsweetened. Put that in there. Stir it a little bit. Make sure you know all the powder gets mixed in, and that take that's the tedious time because all that powder the, between the the stevia and the cocoa powder, you got to make sure you mix it in well. So you take your time. Just and then what I did this last time um, was made it. I just take a part. Glass Pyrex, poured it all in there, put it in the fridge uh, overnight, and it is a fudge. It is fucking amazing. You got to try it. It's really good. But so that's you know I have one, and you know, and I'm not eating a fucking chunk of it, but I'm eating you know a, a good size two ounce piece of it. You know, that has a pretty much a good amount of fat. So if I, you know, I may take one of those or two of those, um, 
between lunch and dinner. And then for dinner, I have the same thing, like a, just a lean protein uh, salad and, you know, an avocado, something that, you know, that I know has fats in it. And I can't say that I do all my meals like that, but I try to just a lean, a lean meat or, and, you know, a protein, bunch of salad, some fats and, you know, you, 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 you kind of get to know what good fats are and the one thing I love the most about keto recently is not just recently but I I don't ever really feel hungry and it's the fucking craziest thing because like I said the entire time I was doing paleo and you know I was working out doing crossfit five times a week training and jujitsu three times a week I could never get under 320 Ever. And maybe my diet wasn't on point hundred percent like yeah, I said I was following paleo, but now that I just remember that there's a couple times I was eating bread or whatever, so um but now like I, I legit feel lighter and I don't it's so hard to describe this because even though I'm as heavy as I am, I know I feel lighter. Like I can, I feel like I move better. And I also feel, I don't feel as bloated. And for that reason alone, you know, I understand, I understand the whole carbs is fuel for your body and, and, and your glycogen stores and, and whatnot. But I feel like I like doing this keto. And if I have to up my carbs, it's going to be more of a squash or um, fruits and not necessarily anything else, anything other than that. I'm not going to bring in pastas or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I really do like this diet. I mean, and then it's not just a diet, it's a lifestyle, right? And I've gotten pretty good, pretty good at it. It's, it's easy. It's easy for me because I, you know, it's something I like. And I, and I guess it's taken me many years to find something like this. Because, bro, you know, even when I was doing painting and stuff like that, you think I could make... I, I never th- thought about making something like that fucking fudge that I just made. Um, or those fat bombs. Had a friend, uh, my friend at work, she made some fat bombs. And it was basically, it was like, hers were cream cheese and butter-based with cacao chocolate chips and it was like a cookie dough and it tasted just like a fucking cookie dough and I really think that you know I'm not I don't feel like I'm missing much because I go okay well if I want to have that it's okay I, I have a substitute and I can do that that's fine um, so I had a friend uh, last week um, in town from Chicago, and we went to the dinner a couple times. And one time we went to uh, California Pizza Kitchen. So I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, man, when he, so I had this uh, power salad they had. Didn't fucking realize until halfway through the damn thing was in the salad there was quinoa, and it's just. I'm guessing, you know, that's so carb-based, whatever, so, 
Um, there's there's arguments about how it's a protein or it's a carb, but there's more carbs to it than protein, so it's technically a carb. And yes, it, I probably ate way too much um, of it because it was within in the salad, so it was probably more than probably like a quarter cup. Because when when I was eating the salad, I realized it. And I was like, oh, and I had already mixed the salad and stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna eat it. I mean, it's not like I was intentionally doing it, so. I kind of gave myself a pass on that one. But it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't intentional, so I was like, whatever. Um, I didn't think, and you know what, I did not um, use a, a urine stick to, to see if it, how much it threw me off a of, off of keto or not. But And then, most, day, uh, most days, every day, by 8. Eight. I, I've had a couple of days where it's been like eight thirty, but at that time, boom, that's my cutoff. I fuck it, don't eat anymore. Um, there's, it's once you get used to it, it's easy. It really, is I thought it was going to be much harder to um to get to get used to it and acclimated no it's it's really it's really good i you know i think it might be it's going to get more difficult as i start waking up earlier to, to row in the mornings i'm trying to do the you know uh 30 minutes on uh at least or, or some type of workout on the rower in the mornings uh, so that I don't do it at, at night, and not just doing it at night's any worse, but kind of want to do it in the morning so that at night I can do more um, lifting type works. Speaking of lifting, it was um, kind of fucking hurt today because last night I was um, rode, did some squats, then I was doing some um, snatch balances. Uh, I was working my overheads, uh, overhead squats, and then after all that, I said, "Oh, let me fuck around on my endo board." Well, I'm in my endo board, and my feet on you know the far sides of the endo board, and I go, "You know what? This is too easy." So I start just playing around and and moving on the board sideways, sideways. I go, "Let me start. Let me make this more a little more difficult." So I start walking my feet closer to the center line and I was getting good I'm like oh shit holding my balance and, and, and regaining and moving a little bit I'm like oh I can do this I can do this and at one point my feet got so close together they were actually just touching they were touching my feet were touching but my left foot the center of my left foot was on the center axis of the endo board on the the roller. And right then I said, oh shit, I think I'm going to fall. And then I kind of move a little bit. And I said, I, I got it, I got it. And I'm, I'm staying still. And I go, oh shit, no, I don't got it, I don't got it. And I start to fall. And I fucking fall so hard. Um, I really don't know how I didn't fuck shit up. Like I'm hurt, but I'm as a, 
you know, someone who's 300 fucking pounds falling, and I just fell on my fucking elbow. And I wasn't on the mats. I fell on fucking concrete. I, 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 once I fell, I was like, <gasps> I sat there for a minute, and I was like, oh, no, I jumped up. And then I sat back down. That's what it was. I jumped up. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I sat back down, and I, I was like, man, kind of, and get, like, looking at my body, like, oh, my God, am I okay? Am I okay? Start moving my shoulders, doing windmills, forward, backward, stretching. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can move. This is not bad. So, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a towel on and take a shower and then we'll go to sleep. Well, I woke up this morning and I tried to get myself out of bed. And I was like, oh, shit, I couldn't, I couldn't push off with that arm, uh, with my left arm. And then my right arm is fucking useless because I had that surgery last year and I can't push off of that arm. So I'm like, motherfucker. So I was like, what the fuck? Um, my, my arm's feeling better now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it the first thing in the morning, it, it was sore as hell. And that's good. The day's going by. It's, uh, it's starting to feel a lot better. So that's good. And, and I really am so glad that I kind of walked away scot-free for, you know, because that could have been a lot worse than it was. And I actually wish I was recording that because I would have released it. I I think I would have. It would have taken some time, but I think I would have. So, I know I kind of got a couple posts I want to talk about on Instagram because... I'm very, or I, I try not to bombard anybody's uh, feeds with with any of with any of my bullshit. I say right, and I have this, and I I don't know what it is, but I'm like, I don't want to constantly show you guys. Hey, look, guys, I'm losing weight. Hey, look, guys, this, this. Because in my mind, I feel like it's someone who's following you is like, man, what the fuck? Like, come on, dude, get over yourself type of shit, right? And then I hear, I see the other side and I've had so many of my friends say, yo, Juan, you need to fucking post more shit because... You know, you, you fucking help people get, you know, get through it, you know, um, they see that you can do this and they feel like they can't and they can't, they just need to, to know that somebody else is doing it. And I see that aspect, but I kind of, I don't. I, for some reason, I don't like it. I don't like being too much of a self-promoter. I think it's... I think it's fucked up. Like, I don't know. It's just... I don't, I don't know if it was growing up or whatever. It's just... We looked at those people like fucking conceited assholes. So, in in my mind, I'm not, I don't want to be like, Hey, look at... 
look, guys, I, I lost another five pounds. I lost another two pounds. You know, I don't mind talking about it on the podcast because you can turn this off. Or, and I guess in the same thing in Instagram, you can choose not to follow me. Um, but let me know what you guys feel about that. So, and well, today I kind of did something new. Uh, I recorded a podcast with a uh, previous guest, Chad, who's actually becoming like a, a really good friend. We, we talk all the time, you know, we talk on the podcast here, but we talk all the time, uh, to, you know, personally. And, and it's funny how we met because of, of podcasting and whatnot. And, and it's, like I said, it's, it's really cool. He's a really cool guy, and, and I like talking to him. And so his um, his thesis for his paper is going to be on Twitter and on fighters and how they – how fighters use Twitter to, or social media and specifically Twitter to, to interact with fans and whatnot. That's his thesis, or that's his um, – going to be his study for his doctorate. Well, um, so he's – He's a huge fight fan, and I, honestly, God, some, when I talk to him, sometimes I'm the type of fan that he fucking hates because sometimes I forget shit. I forget who fights who, um, and I watch fights. I, I watch them all the time, and it's, I just don't remember. Um, I can't recall uh, shit most of the time. Um, record like I, I have. There's a lot of. NFPA shit, uh, uh, you know, U, UL listing shit, um, uh, code based stuff in my head that sometimes the other shit I don't have, I'm like, no, 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 I can't, what am I, <laughs> if I remember this, what the fuck am I going to delete? So I kind of, like I said, I, I'm a fan, but I, I can't, I can't be a hundred percent into it cause I need to remember other shit. Well, so we were talking the other day. I was telling him um, that I was running late on a podcast, and uh, so he thought um, he offered the idea to to do like a fight companion type of podcast with uh, we we were gonna do it yesterday with Glory or Bellator. Um, I think Glory would have been cool to do it, but um, couldn't last night, so we did it tonight with uh, the Invicta uh, fight and. It's three hours, and uh, I'm going to attach it to this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we did very little talking about the fights. We just talked about um, other things while we were watching the fights, really. So you can't, I can't even say it's a fight companion because we really don't talk about the fights or you know, much of the fighters. Um, so here's the episode with uh, Chad. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Hey, welcome to the Fat Boy Podcast. I'm back with uh, Chadwick Church, a uh, good friend of mine. We're going to do, uh, how would you say this, uh, Chad? We're making uh, history. We're making history. This is going to be our first uh, somewhat pseudo fight companion because um, it's going to be uh, released later and not live, so eat it. Yeah, we're doing a fight companion on Invicta. Correct. Nobody else is good in this, man. Well, I guess, uh, man, a, a lot of guys don't see that the the women fights are are fucking exciting as shit. 
Dude, anybody who says that women's fights aren't exciting as shit should never talk to me ever again, man. These women have a chip on their shoulder like no other. Who you uh, who you rooting for in this uh, fight of uh, Ashley Cummings and fuck I'm a, I'm a butcher her name. Um, I can't I I don't even remember her name. I'm I need to bring. Track. I need to bring up the fucking fight card because you gotta go with Ashley Cummings. But uh, this is a pretty uh, traumatized card. I was looking I was listening to the little intro and they're on their third different main event. I, I knew there was a, a change of main event. I didn't realize it was the third. Yeah, the the original main event got canceled. Someone got hurt. And then Tanya Evinger uh, stepped in. But then the UFC called Tanya Evinger and said, hey, you want to come over and fight Chris Cyborg in 14? And, you know, you can't turn that down. No, I mean, you're fighting for a championship. Yeah, no woman. Well, and you're going in the UFC versus Invicta. Yeah, exactly, man. You can't you can't turn that shit down. And, and anybody who doesn't know who Tanya Evinger is, you've got to follow this lady on Instagram. She is hilarious. Is she? I, I actually don't follow her on Instagram. I follow her on Twitter. And, and and Twitter is so quick sometimes that you miss. I miss a lot of what people post because, I mean, you know how Twitter is. I, I, you of all people know how Twitter is. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, it's it's crazy, but uh. Tanya Evinger, she's like, uh, I, I guess I can just say it. She's a hardcore lesbian. <laughs> okay. So, but she's like the female Donald Cerrone. She's always drinking and like, she doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks about her. No so shit, really? Yeah, dude. So she'll, she'll like post pictures on Instagram and she's got like a, a vodka in one hand, you know, she's hanging all over like um, doing body shots and yeah, it's, it's. She doesn't care. She just doesn't give a fuck, dude. She lives her life like Cowboy Cerrone from from Instagram point of view, at least. Wow. And I just realized uh, Felicia Spencer is uh, out of um, the jungle in Orlando. I'm watching oh, the really? thing. Yeah, and I've I've met her in passing before because we've gone to a, a combat night events in, in Orlando. And combat nights, uh, well, they're, they're actually doing their – third pro show in orlando and um they've had 70 man, i want to say 74 amateur shows wow yeah and uh, you know um my boy mitch over there started doing um for their five-year anniversary did their first um pro card and now he's on his uh third holy shit that's awesome that is fucking awesome. I love watching the local shows because, you know, you go to UFC or, you know, Bellator. Bellator, you get about 15 fights. UFC, you get about 11, maybe 12 if you're lucky. You go to a local show, man, you're going to get like 20 fights. <laughs> Some Sometimes, I know, I know the the problem that I think he has, and I don't want to outspeak, but there's a lot of amateurs that, uh, that just pull out of fucking fights, you know? Yeah. And and it's funny because I know it's, and I'm I, I shouldn't even be fucking commenting on this because I know you can probably get, you know get injured in training and stuff like that, but you've also made a commitment to to fight, and it's not like uh, it's completely different when you know you're an amateur versus a pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
when you're an amateur, man, you, you're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel. These guys aren't getting paid. They're out there getting punched in the face for free. That's, um, I, I think my buddy pays, uh, pays the fighters, but I, oh. I, I, I don't know how that works, but you're right. But you have to get, the, you know, your amateur fights in before you can go bro, pro. Yeah. Yeah, man, these, these, uh, these young guys, you know, well, I guess it really depends on what kind of work ethic they got and whatnot. I mean, it's like, it's like we talked about in the world last time. I mean, if you think you're just going to be the greatest and you're going to walk into this shit and, and destroy everyone, you're, you better be the baddest motherfucker to ever live or you better be willing to work your ass off. Well, it, you know, and that's not just the fight game. I don't know what it is, but employment wise, it's the same fucking shit now. Yeah. Oh my God. Let me tell you about some of these kids and <laughs> coming out of college getting interviewed for fucking positions. These kids, uh, they want positions. You know, I've, I've been working in, in the engineering field for 11 years and they, they just want to, Hey, uh, I got a degree. I'm my, my degree is worth more than your 11 years experience. Yeah. Yeah, dude. They don't, they don't understand. There's no, they don't understand. There's no real replacement for real life experience, man. I mean, I got a fucking master's degree. I work in a warehouse. Like, I ain't too proud. Fucking, <laughs> the, I got kids I work with who literally will tell me that they have, or they're working on, like, their associates. Mm -hmm. And they act like it's the hardest thing in the world, man. Like, they have never, never done anything harder than taking Algebra 105. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll soon learn. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> but, hey, who knows? So uh, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cover this real quick. Oh shit! Mike Lee went to go fucking put on some <laughs> some Vaseline. Did you see that? Oh yep. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta take a little moment of silence here. Um, uh, rest in peace to Juan's beard. I'm, I'm a little saddened by the pictures I've been seeing. <laughs> yes. Well, funny, funny. It was um. Last week we had a, a baby shower for for us, right, um, in Orlando, and I went. And my wife, my wife hates my beard, like I mean, completely hates it. She thinks I look like a hobo. But so I was like, let me let me do something nice for her. I'm gonna I'm just trim it up. And when it's trimmed, she does she doesn't mind it. She likes it. When it's all fucking bushy, she's got a problem with it. And. uh so I went to trim and I started shaving below my chin, just shaping it up. And uh well, I took a little too much off the off one side. So then I went to to try to fix the other side. You hit the rabbit hole. You just went I, down it. I just went down and I kept on digging and fucking digging and digging. And by the time I was done, it was bald. My chin was bald, but I had chops. And I mean, you got a beard, so you know when you fucking shave, it's an ordeal. You got to jump in the shower because there's so much fucking hair everywhere. You're like, damn. So I jump in the shower, get out, dry my face, comb it a couple times, and I'm just looking at my face in the mirror, and I'm like, I can't fucking pull this shit off. <laughs> I cannot fuck it for the life of me. I stared, and I'm like, yeah, this is, I can try this, but it's. It's not going to work. 
and I'm, it's either I'm not that much of a douchebag or I'm not that confident. <laughs> so I just said, "Fuck it, let me just shave." Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I saw the pictures, and it's it's funny because you shaved off your beard. And, uh, my my trainer in Arizona, he lose all my weight. He uh, he's had a beard forever, like ever since I've known him. Uh, we literally called him the bearded devil. And, uh, I mean, he, and he can grow a thick Viking style fucking beard, dude. And, uh, he, uh, he's Ryan Bader's trainer. Okay. He's a strength, he's a strength and conditioning coach for him and CB and those guys. And he's, he's had a deal with these guys for six years, ever since he started do, uh, doing S and C for him. And if anybody ever won a world championship, he would shave his beard. And Bader, you know, won the Bellator 205. Uh, yeah. A couple so Bader got to take the beard off. Oh, so nice. they went through the progression and uh, like first they, you know, they took off just the chin. So he had the Fu Manchu crazy going. And then he, he took it down to like chops and the mustache. And then they took it down to just the mustache. And I've never seen, I've never met, I've never seen him without a beard. Like not since his wedding pictures has he, has he not had a beard and Oh my God, dude, he looks like he's 12. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause when when there's there's a lot of people like that. Actually, my boss, my boss has had a beard his entire life to where his wife doesn't know what his fucking face looks like. Oh, that's crazy. She she's married him with a beard. She met him with a beard. He's never like he's trimmed it, and so, but he's never gone. She, never gone. And I wanted to be like him, but fuck. I, I just got. I guess I got to keep on going to the barber. I can't sh- pretend to do this myself. And yeah. we are in the first round. 410, 409, 408 of Ashley Cummings versus Jin Young Free. Free, 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 whatever. Are we? Yeah, are you not, are you behind? Are we on a different fucking fight? I got Coleman and somebody else. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. I'm sorry. Felicia Spencer. Amy Coleman and Felicia Spencer, my bad. Yeah, I was like, I would, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at the card backwards. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the card on the, on the on the site is just a little off because they've had so many changes to it. It's just been so crazy with them. Yeah, my fault. I was looking at Wikipedia. So <laughs> I pulled yeah. up the Wikipedia, so it's all fucking backwards. And I'm right. The uh, the um, president uh, was Sheila Knapp. Mm-hmm. She, uh, they tried to, they, they were thinking about canceling the card and she's like, I can't disappoint all of these fighters who have been training. And she's like, I don't care who we have to put out there. We're putting out a card. And she's just said, I'm going for it. Which for me, I don't know about you, man, but these cards are the cards that I love to watch because they put so many people who are just trying to earn a spot or who never got a spotlight fight. And they're just like, fuck it. I'm going to kill the other person. Well, I mean, what's it cost for them? I understand if it's a pay-per-view. Um, damn, what, what was that card? The 156 when they canceled it? The, 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 the never-existent card? Yes, 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 yes. The non-existent one. The one that Chael wanted to save. but uh, Yeah, Chael offered to step in on like four four-hour notice. Yep. And uh, and our boy John, uh, John Jones refused, so the card went bye-bye. But, like you said, I... A discount, maybe, and and uh, you know, just to make it go, because you're right, all these fighters. But I think then that uh, all the fighters got at least their show money, right? Or the fighters that we're gonna show. Yeah, yeah. The only uh, 
The only case where I've heard someone not getting their show money is uh, last weekend's card when Nunez pulled out, was medically cleared, and still refused to fight. Dana didn't even give her her show money. Who? I was listening to someone's podcast, and they were saying that it, or it was Joe's, um, that the trainers weren't the, said were. Oh, damn, oh shit, it. Felicia. Nice, Felicia. That's a big win for fucking the jungle. Nice, Felicia. Damn. Anaconda fucking rip right there. Damn. She squeezed. Oh, yeah, she did. I think I got like six seconds on you, so I'm going to I'm gonna delay my reaction a little bit. <laughs> if I get too excited, I can't promise shit, man. No, no problem. Don't worry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, these uh, these people who are, you know, like you said, you know, you get to a fight. If you can fight, you should fight. But I, I guess I understand where Nunez is coming from. She's a champ, you know. She's she's risking giving up her belt, a large payday. Very large payday, and you know, and the belt. Yeah, which which what comes along with the belt is even bigger than than the purse you get for just the fights. Or is it? According to some champions, it ain't. Well, yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of political shit going on in sports that I wish would just stay the fuck away. Oh yeah, dude, she gripped this and fucking ripped it. That rear naked choke is. Oh, she got her right on the chin and squeezed the fuck out of her face. Oh yeah, she did on the chin. Oh, you're right. That's you like, have, bro. That's on the face. That's one of those jocker. Oh man, that happens to me because I do such a good job of tucking my my chin. Yeah. But there dude, when there's a, a stronger person behind you, that that crank on the bottom of your chin fucking sucks. Feels like all your bottom teeth are gonna pop out. Yeah, it does. And you know what? It it's it's like, you know what, I'm not if I tap right now, I ain't losing shit, so fuck it, let's go. We'll restart. Yeah, it's not like you're in the fucking finals of the IBJJF fucking world final championship. You know. Even then, I got a fucking job, motherfucker. I can't be fucking... I got to talk to people. Oh, dude, speaking of, and since we're covering the, the female fight here, I am so excited for July 30th. Eddie Bravo Invitational Women Flyweights plus a four-woman combat jiu-jitsu tournament. I didn't know about the four-woman combat jiu-jitsu tournament. Do you, yeah, that's, is the card out? Uh, they they um they don't finalize the participants. I think until like ten days before. Um, oh, there's Tanya Avenger just sitting in the crowd chilling. Fucking, I love her. She's awesome. But uh, yeah, the oh, uh, she looks like a dyke. Yeah, they do uh four four. They're doing a four women combat jujitsu. Which uh, last EBI is when they debuted the the combat jujitsu, which is essentially uh, jitsu with hits. It's like, yeah, it's like jujitsu pancreation. That's no, awesome. No close fist strikes, all open hand. Like, literally, Nate and Nick Diaz. <laughs> Got stocked and slapped? Yeah, they were just stocked and slapped the shit out of somebody, dude. Have you ever wanted to just stocked and slap somebody in the fucking face? Every fuck, dude, I, I made this comment to my fiance the other day. Living where I live is the only place I've ever had to make a valiant effort to not go to jail every day. It can't be that bad. Oh, dude, it is. So, 
it's just this little inconsiderate shit that pisses me off. Like, um, so okay, like we we have our our, our company and we did uh, seven farmers markets this week. Plus, you know, on top of our regular jobs and school and all this shit. So it's just been one of those. My bad, I completely forgot that my mix is connected to my. So anything I do on my PC, it, it, I open that new window, it came in. My bad. <laughs> but uh, um, so we have our booth set up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're making you know thousands of dollars a week in our business. I mean, we we started from the bottom. Like we've been open for like three years, and our business is now just starting to sustain itself a little bit. Nice. So we're sitting there, and uh. It was like this, like kind of like family night out, uh, carnival band party type thing. They like blocked off two blocks, and you know they had carnival ride and whatever. And uh, fucking, this little kid just walks up, and uh, like we have a sign and we have a weight to counterbalance it in case the wind's blowing. Mm-hmm. Just fucking straight right hooks our fucking weight, dude, and blows the thing ten feet away from the tent. No shit. And like, like I know that when I fucking like yell at somebody, it comes off like really bad, dude. And my fiance is pretty mild mannered. She turned around and looked at this little kid and was like, "Are you serious?" And uh, the mom, who so should be watching this child because I would say the child's like three, four years old max, fucking <laughs> was on her phone, didn't even know where her kid was at. <laughs> and then I watched this little girl. She got yelled at by her older sister, and then goes down to the next booth and just starts walking like through the booth and whatever. You know, I don't blame the kid on this one. I blame the parents. But it's like shit like that, or like when you're driving through a parking lot and someone just backs up in front of you, out of their space, oh, and then sits there, wait for the other car going the other way to pull up so that they can have a conversation while you're trying to get through. Yeah, that happened. That's just examples from this week. Just this week? That's just this week. That's just like the last three days. And you said after <laughs> farmer's markets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I had a conversation with uh, one of the vendors next to us at one of our markets. And uh, we thought it would be hilarious if they did like a TV show mm-hmm. of like stereotypes that we see in a farmer's market so other people could relate to them. Like both like customer wise and vendor wise, mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, this would be a good idea." And I'm like, "I can see TBS picking this up because TBS runs weird ass shows like that." I don't even I, I don't know what TBS what program TBS has on anymore. I don't Man. I haven't watched TV in fucking forever. Yeah, I remember they had that one Suits, right? Is that is that them? No, Suits, suits on USA. Oh, Suits was on USA. The burn, actually, the burn, right? Burn notice or some shit like that? It was USA, too. Motherfucker. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, Suits just uh, debuted their new season uh, opener Wednesday, and that's, like, one of our favorite shows. And uh, I actually just watched it, like, two hours ago, so that should tell you how far I am behind. I haven't even watched the Contender series from Tuesday. Oh, um, I actually like that. I kind of like the – it's funny, the Snoop cast with, with Uriah Faber. Yeah, I I heard it's fucking awesome. I gotta watch it at some point. But yeah, we were we were been so busy all week that fucking oh man, I'm like six days behind. <laughs> <laughs> what other shows do you watch consistently? Uh, big Bang. I've been a Big Bang fan since it came out. 
Um, I try, I try shows. I, um, I, uh, I find like certain, like, um, the Goldbergs mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite shows out in recent memory. Um, that and fresh off the boat. Dude, fresh off the boat was amazing. And I, I stopped watching it when in the second season, but, uh, I got Hulu. So every once in a while I watch an episode yeah. and it's fucking gold that blackish too. Uh, blackish. Um, I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season. I think they're on their third. Yeah. Have you watched? You, 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 um, not for you. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not a political guy and I feel like they bring in a lot of political stuff. They, they do. It, they, they do. And it's come on. It's ABC, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, ABC, ABC's on a lot of people's shit list because they canceled, um, uh, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen, even though it was their second highest rated show on the network. Oh shit! What Tim Allen do? I actually wanted to watch that because, man, I was a when I was growing up, Tool Time was my shit. Heidi, yes. I'd, <laughs> I'd still give it to Heidi today. Um, well, Tim Allen is a known uh, right wing Republican, and he also um, on the show because he writes a lot of the show material. Mm-hmm. He um he has some political commentary, but um he I think I think they didn't like that he brought in the religious aspect a little bit too much. Oh, so I mean, like I didn't I I watched that show more for the side the side stories than I did for like the main the main shit it was actually about. Like the dude on there, Kyle, he's like the the son in law. Mm-hmm. I watched it for that. Like people on that show reminded me of people. Check this like out. A, Son of David's daughter is from Milnior MMA. See that? That's 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 actually a, a pretty legit MMA team name. <laughs> Styles MMA. At least, yo, do you remember back in the day when they would put Style Hood? Yeah. Yep. Who the fuck did? Was it the WEC that used to do that? Yes. It was the. <laughs> And um and then, uh, Eves Edwards had um thug jitsu. <laughs> yes, that's true. And then uh, Rose Nam Yunus uh, adopted that when she first started. Uh, what's your style, thug? And then she got the nickname Rose Thug Nam Yunus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. They uh, yeah, they didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> WC was a little bit of a freak show. I mean, it wasn't like Strike Force freak show. Or like uh, Elite XC, but think uh, about like all look at all the WEC guys that are still in the UFC. Well, dude, I mean that was like I actually got to go. I had the privilege of going to um, the last WEC event at uh, Arizona. Yes, the one where Anthony Pettis jumped off the wall, kicked fucking kick in history. Uh, yes, the Showtime kick. That that had to be the best, you know, time to have, uh, do it on that last card when they were just getting the UFC because that that was their highlight. I mean, and they use that highlight all the time. Yeah, because uh, Zufa owned the WC at mm-hmm. that time. Um, Bruce Buffer was actually the announcer. I mean, it was it was like going to a UFC with a WC. It was, on. and wasn't that the event that they uh, gave Jose Aldo his belt? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, they just handed him a, a belt. A lot of people were <laughs> – Chael, Chael was pissed about that. <laughs> Chael will get pissed off about anything, though. That's why I love him. <laughs> yeah, but like I told you the other day, man, to me, like, uh, you're right. Chael's son is great at talking shit. But lately, man – You gotta remember that Chael Sonnen has never been with a team that is evolutionary in sports. He started with Team Quest. What was Team Quest known for? Wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's Dan Henderson, Randy Couture, um, Chris Lytle. Um, who else was up there? Uh, Chael, fucking whatever. All they did was wrestle, and then they had that big fallout. Um, Chael's team up here in Oregon right now is ran out of Gracie Barra. Is he, it? Yeah, he um he trains directly under uh, Fabiano Scherner. And Paige Van Zant just jumped back up here and is actually part of this team. I don't know what they're calling themselves. I guess team. I thought Chael. she was alpha male. No, dude, she left alpha male. Oh, she did. Yeah, about. Two, three months ago, the report came out that she um, came up. It was after she got her ass handed to her by Rose. And I guess she wanted to be closer to her family because her family's up here. And so she came up and she actually, um, I just saw a picture. She just got her first stripe ever um, from Fabian. Wow. These girls are throwing. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, I'm, I was staring at it. Four, four minutes, three fifty nine, three fifty eight. This is D'Angelo versus David's daughter. They are, yeah. they are going at it, aren't they? So, do you have the shit in front of you? Where's David's daughter from? She's got. I mean, Iceland. Yeah. I, so, I know this is your thing. There is a girl in the CrossFit whose last name is David's daughter. Yeah, her. Um, S Sarah Davis no uh shit who is it there's man there's there's a whole fucking slew of women from from Iceland fucking killing it you know from Annie whose who Thor's daughter is it Sarah no Sarah Sigmund damn no I, no idea hold on let me got all these wires. Out of my out of my realm. Maybe once they start throwing weights at each other and uh socked and slapping each other between sets, I think I, I think I'd be more on board. Hey, I just know because uh, you know, when when uh when I was going to CrossFit uh every day it was uh they would play like the games all the time would be like on a big screen just you know in the waiting room. So you start learning people's names, and you're like, damn, who's that girl? These girls look like two sisters fighting out in the front yard, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't fuck with my man. Yeah, they got the similar look. They got the same exact <laughs> hair, same cornrows, same everything, man. <laughs> they're just beating the shit out of me. But uh, um, what the fuck was I going to say? This is a distracting ass shit. I gotta give mad props to Rogan. I mean, I, to everybody to do to do this because this is you're you're absolutely right. I thought this was easier, and it's uh, 
It's definitely not. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. We don't have Eddie Bravo sitting here fucking bringing up Flat Earth, fucking going off on like a two-hour tangent. (laughs) The Flat Earth is real. Fucking Flat Earth shit. (laughs) Fucking Eddie Bravo. Dude, there's so many fucking... I can't believe there's so many people believe that. I can't, man. Did you know... I, I just saw a thing a couple weeks ago, and... This this is what this is the kind of shit that makes me lose faith in people. Forty seven percent of grown adults in America believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. That's a lie. This is what the fucking study that came out. They they fucking surveyed. I didn't I didn't see the numbers on the survey, but forty seven percent of the people who responded to this shit said that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I want to know from where. Yeah, I want to know too. I, I fucking call what what I, mall do they go to and survey? Because <laughs> those fucking idiots. I need to sell them something. Yeah, I fuck. I got a bridge for sale if they're fucking interested. Yeah. Speaking of that shit, um, I was uh, I've been you know on Instagram posting pictures and shit like that, and I noticed a lot of a lot of people uh, are at this fucking uh, Herbalife convention this week or this weekend. Oh my fucking. Oh my god, the the pyramid scheme of all pyramid schemes. Well, no, it's not a pyramid scheme, man. It's not. But people will have you believe it's not. You know, they all they want you to do is get healthy. But you got to buy their fucking... Their pills to do that. I know people who've done it. And uh, I'm like, oh, you know, well, it's cool. You lost some weight. Like, like what have you been doing, you know? Like, oh, you know, it's, I take my Herbalife pills in the morning. And I drink my shakes. And I do this. Oh, and I started going to the gym. Or I started going out walking at night, or I started doing this, and I started doing this, and I'm like, do you think you could get similar results if you didn't take that pill? And they're like, no, no, it's all the herbal life. It's the the pill. The pill does it. So does the fucking tea. The tea and then the wraps. The wraps are the fucking where it's at. What's the tea called? I don't fuck. It's the get fit tea that fucking all these bitches with big asses on Instagram be selling them. Oh man, dude, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, you know how fucking Facebook has that thing that shows up like three years ago. You posted this. And yes. Like, oh, shit, I was pretty drunk when I posted that. Or like five years ago, you shared this picture, and like every one of my fucking things every day is like something along the lines of, "Hey, have you heard about this magical diet pill called Get the Fuck Off Your Ass and Do Something?" <laughs> I, I, I just. I can't believe that. I mean, I guess if people believe fucking brown uh, chocolate milk comes from brown call, call, uh, cows, taking a, a, a magic pill is gonna fucking um, change. You know, make you lose weight. Yeah, I don't remember what. Um, man, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the show. It was on VH1, probably like six, seven years ago. It was when like all the weight loss shows were coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> celebrities on there and they had like uh james avery who played uh uncle phil but uh um, is that the one they had uh fucking ozzy's kid in um maybe like later on i just remember the first season because they had dustin diamond okay and he was like dude that guy's a hot fucking mess but uh he was like i'm gonna eat the exact same shit i was eating and i'm gonna win this show and um, he's like, I'm going to eat cheeseburgers and cheese curds, and I'm going to drink Coke, and I'm going to still win this show. 
and like he would come to weigh in and he'd weigh in like six pounds heavier and they and he's like well it's not my food it's because these trainers don't know what they're doing and i'm like <laughs> wow seriously dude okay i got a question if you're actually fucking did you actually go to school on say by the bell or not i i didn't watch it so i gotta i gotta i have to watch it but i did watch um the ultimate fighter and i gotta say i think your boy is being too much of a bitch and not letting that shit go oh well okay Okay. he wants to fucking bring it up every goddamn time fucking tj's they're like getting shit done and and these fucking assholes want to be all fucking butthurt by the way i love team alpha male but they're all fucking butthurt about that well okay so the whole thing with me is, and I didn't want to bring this up last time because I don't want to sway your opinion. I know for a fact that when you go over or when you went over and you started training with uh, with um, Muscle Farm, whatever they call themselves. Yeah. You know, whatever. So they will, it's, it's, a, it's a business. I mean, Muscle Farm is a business. Mm-hmm. They're one of the biggest supplement business corporations in the world. They... They essentially tell you that anyone you have contact with outside of that, you should stop talking to. I know some people who were trying to sign certain fighters to be in their camps at the exact same time, and uh, Muscle Farm would get wind of it, and they'd be like, okay, no, you're going to come over here. We're going to give you uh, $60,000, and you, you have to represent only us, and that's it. And then uh, there's also the whole... Uh, the, the the big thing that plays into this, in my opinion, is the whole Dwayne Ludwig Uriah Faber thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the peanut butter story. No, I don't know the peanut butter story. So I don't know. This is this is hearsay. I don't I don't know if this is actually true, but apparently Dwayne Ludwig. Um, I mean, he did MMA back when it wasn't. You know, they weren't getting paid. You know, even though he owns the fastest KO, I mean, he, he wasn't getting paid for anything. Um, but apparently he he has, like, some fit peanut butter. Like, I don't know if it's that powder shit thing you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he went over to Team Up Mill and he was going to be their head coach, like, I guess he supposedly, this is from Favor and whatever, he was asking Favor um, to, like, front him his salary and – uh, pay him up front and do all this shit. And then randomly um, he would start like just bringing in products and putting them in team up males uh, pro shop. And one of them was peanut butter. this like special fit peanut butter thing. <laughs> and Uriah was like, what the fuck is this? And Dwayne's like, well, it's fit peanut butter. And I, and I, I'm sponsored by them now. So I have to sell it where I'm at. So we're going to sell it here and we're going to say alpha male supports it. And I guess that didn't float over well with Favor because Alpha Male is Favor's thing. And, I mean, essentially, he's really, like, the CEO of Alpha Male. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dwayne was just, like, kind of stepping on everyone's toes. And then when Muscle Farm offered him money to come over, it was like, it wasn't like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going over to Team Elevate, um, whatever. It was deuces. And then he went to Alpha Ma- or over to Elevate, and then he, uh, because TJ was his boy, T- 
he he essentially said, hey, I need you to come over here and uh, train with me because I want you to show these guys some stuff. And then Muscle Farm was like, we'll give you money if you come over here. And then that was when he was like, well, I have to stay over here because they're giving me money. So it's it's a greed thing. Like they don't they don't agree with the whole greed part of it. And Cody, like he said, he he, he believes Alpha Male saved his life. I mean, he was down a bad road, and when he started training over there, you know, so he it's like his ride or die shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can see where they're both coming from, but I I firmly believe that um, I think TJ has a Conor McGregor level of greed because he just switched teams again. His contract was up with Muscle Farm, and he left, and they're going somewhere else now. Um, I thought, but I heard. Oh shit! You got a really bad echo. So good. Uh, let me see. Well, not so bad. Not so bad, but it's it's actually gone now. Um, I thought I heard Muscle Farm was no longer going to be doing, or were they closing, moving? I don't, I don't and know. and I, I think that it might be the reason why because I think he's still training with Dwayne. Yeah, him and Dwayne are like, I mean, they they travel together. They go where it's at, but I, I mean, Cody's. I know I know where Cody's from, and I know like like I know that personality. I I call it the Midwest personality. They will fucking hold a grudge for the rest of their life, dude. But I just heard maybe this shit will get settled. November 14th, UFC 217, rumor has it, Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt, finally. No shit. Yeah. I, uh, November where? November 14th, UFC 217. I don't remember what the venue will be. Yeah, my birthday is November 12th. <laughs> but my wife already bought me my... my uh, my birthday present, so, and I probably wouldn't be able to go to these because of that. Maybe I would. Man, you're gonna have a three-month-old baby. Yeah, um, that's that's on its way too. Listen, once that uh, once the baby comes, we'll figure that out. That uh, oh, that's uh hearsay right now. We don't we don't know what's gonna go on. <laughs> We have no idea. We'll, we'll see. Maybe you know what? She might not have even been born by November. We, I might be able. I might be good. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Shit. So, uh, so UFC two seventeen November fourth Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah. Okay. Then they would load that up. That's. That up. And November fourth. That's the week I can't do shit. That's uh. <laughs> I yeah. I already got tickets to uh, EDC, which is November fourth and or November third and fourth in in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I love me some EDC. Yeah, I told you I'm gonna send the wife down so she can go with you. She loves that kind of shit. I, I just, it's just so much. Everybody's so fucking happy. Everybody's so chill. And and I love the the thing I love the most about it is fucking feeling the bass. <laughs> I fucking and even you know. When I first started getting my uh, my car driving and stuff like that, I had like four twelves in my fucking trunk. Like I love bass. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And <laughs> so just st- you know, you stand next to these fucking array of speakers, 
and you just you fucking vibrate for like three days after. Yeah, I told her I would give anything a shot one time. So if she wanted to go, I'm down. Um, hopefully, hopefully you'll be East Coast by then. Well, uh, actually, we uh, we're waiting on a couple pieces of paperwork to go through, but we uh, we uh, have a contract or we have a house under contract right now. Oh shit! Congratulations. Well, as as long as the couple pieces of paperwork go through um, and everything, you know, is copacetic with the inspections and everything. Uh, she's going to be closing on a house in Tennessee on September 6th. Congrats, man. That'd be awesome. That would yeah, be so awesome. We'll be down there and uh, we'll officially we'll be moved down in October. Yeah, it's, I'll still be here in uh, in Fort Myers at that time. You know, our, yeah, move, our move is not going to happen till till January. We, we will actually, I, man, the states down there are crazy to me. Um, like, we're like, Fuck, that um, was a nice combination. Yeah, so, uh, oh, she is nasty with that fucking low leg kick to fucking one, two. Um, so, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, you were, you're fucking right on point. Yeah, so you, she was. As soon as you finished saying that, I, it, it happened. I was like, damn. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize Tennessee was only 150 miles from border to border. Like, if you go north south. That sounds so, about right. From the Kentucky border to the Alabama border, it's like 150 miles. Mm-hmm. So where we're going to be living is about an hour south of Nashville. We are literally within three to five miles, uh, dead center between Huntsville, Alabama, and Nashville, Tennessee. Really? So we're really not that far from Florida. I mean, once you break down the traveling distance, you're really not that far. Yeah, I think I can get to Mobile and um, from here in like 15 to okay. Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, um, I have w- one of my coworkers. He go. He drives up there all the time, and and he's actually selling a house over there. And fuck the prices of homes in fucking Alabama are cheap as shit. Oh, dude, we, we well, I have a. I'm not gonna lie about this. I have a bit of a real estate addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, I will look at houses, and I can never even think about even going and touring. Because I couldn't ever fucking get pre-approval for this kind of shit. But, like, I'll spend, like, that's how I found this house that we got. But I'll spend, like, hours on Realtor.com just scrolling through houses anywhere from, like, you know, $30 million to fucking 20000 Bro, I do the same thing on Zillowood. And I just like Zillowood because I like zooming in and out of the map and moving it around. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're like, I was like, man, you know, we're looking at houses in Tennessee and the market is blowing up there because they have so many... Uh, Fortune 500 companies moving there and so many headquarters and they got GM, you know, they got all this shit happening and Nashville's exploding like no other. And uh, Dude, Nashville right now, they say, is fucking amazing. It's like the greatest city to be in. It's uh, the economic growth is 14% higher than the rest of the United States, which is a lot. <laughs> what? Yeah, but, um... My buddy who works down there, um, who kind of actually, he's he's kind of responsible for us even thinking about moving to Tennessee. Um, he he started telling me like all the Fortune 500 companies that are based there for their American headquarters, and I was like, holy fuck, you weren't lying. I mean, AT and T, Bridgestone Tires, Nissan, um, GM has a testing and a plant there, uh, and then there's a few other corporations that are based and are like specialty or whatever, but um. 
Yeah. And I, I pinned my map out and I went across the border to Huntsville or yeah, down in Huntsville, Alabama, dude. And prices like slash in half. <laughs> Fucking half. I'm telling you, we went to, uh, or he was showing me his house in Alabama and I'm like, yo, you're selling that house for one ninety? Iceland. Ah, uh, David's daughter. Yo, yeah, she, dude. she was killing it with that combo. Yeah, yeah, that low leg the kick the one two was one, two, awesome. Mm-hmm. But, uh, every yeah, fucking dude. time, every fucking time she la- she she threw it, she landed it. Yeah, you're uh, if you if you get a mortgage for like two hundred thousand dollars, and and where we're living in Tennessee, which is like I said, an hour south of Nashville, which I grew up in the middle of Michigan, it was like a two and a half hour drive to Detroit, mm-hmm. and the closest mall was an hour away. So me living an hour outside of a city is nothing. Um. But yeah, dude, we uh, we um, I guess better explain it. I, f- I kept finding these houses, and literally they would go up on Realtor, and they would be listed under contract immediately. And I was like, "What the fuck? They're all on the same street." I'm like, "Somebody's got to be building a, like a housing unit complex type thing." I'm like, "Okay." So I find I fucking did some research because that's what I do is research everything, mm-hmm. and found the real estate agent. And uh, I told Jocelyn, I was like, call this real estate agent, ask her, you know, hey, do you have any houses in our pricing range? Because, I mean, they're all brand new builds. I mean, they're, they're going up like, like, they don't even have pictures of them because they're just lots right now. Okay. So she calls her and she's like, yeah, you know, our, our new builds range between uh, about 120 to 140000 for like three bedrooms, two bathrooms, um, uh, twelve to fourteen hundred square feet. You know, good size home for a little family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all set on between a quarter acre and an acre. And I'm like, well, that that's freaking perfect. I mean, that's like, that's awesome. And she's like, but I don't have anything that's gonna be done when you guys get here. And we're like, oh, okay, that sucks. So, uh, fucking, she's like, but um, I have to tell you this. My brother is the one who builds all these houses, so that's why I get all these listings. She gets everything as a pocket listing. Ah. Oh, and we're like, and he's like, she's like, well, the first house, one of the first houses they built over here, um, when they were planning the community, they've just been using it as a rental, and they're gutting the whole thing, and essentially they're making it a brand new house. Um, he's gonna, he's got that one going up, and it'll be ready like uh, the end of August, and we're like, oh, okay. Well, do you have any pictures? She sent us like three pictures. We're like. Here's our offer. Present it to him. Okay, we want this house. Okay, boom. So we have a house that never even went on the market. That's, I mean, that's what, that's a way to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what you have to do there. It was crazy. Uh, we found a house we really liked, and uh, I was like, hey, you know, uh, call the real estate agent and see if we can get an offer in on this. She picked up the phone, and I hit refresh on Realtor, and it was like under contract. No. <laughs> it had been listed for 19 minutes. What? And you're getting in good, right? Oh yeah. Right now, and I have a fear. By the time January rolls around, when me and my wife are in Orlando, that shit's gonna fucking blow up again, and and, and you know housing values are gonna go fucking to shit. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I. It's just that that Orlando fear because that's happened to us before, you know. And I'm like, man, I. I 
the houses we want kind of look looking into we're like man we can kind of do it right now like this would be the perfect time but we know in six months it's like the prices the how the the, the prices are going to double yeah we were uh we were finding houses and like they're 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 predicting that house values are going to go four and seven percent anywhere within uh 60 mile radius of nashville and that's just over the next year so we were watching houses that would get listed let's say they got listed for one hundred twenty thousand dollars and they, if they sat on the market for like 10 days, they would relist them for $126,000. Not $116,000. They would go up because the property values were all going up. Wow. That's that's crazy. It's it's fucking insane. I mean, I lived in Vegas when the, the housing boom happened. And I also lived in Vegas when the housing crashed. Mm-hmm. And when the housing market crashed... I was looking at buying a house at one point and I was looking at like a $300,000 range because I was making decent money. And um, I looked at the exact same houses like a year after I left Vegas and they were selling for like $140,000. are not you glad you didn't buy? Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know how the fuck I got lucky on that one, but I got lucky. Well, I actually got lucky. I bought my, my condo um, and they were, they were old apartments that turned into condos. And the developer had bought it and and was you know renovating all of them, but in the in the interim, he fucking lost his ass on money. So they went to auction, and he was selling these original like twelve hundred square feet, anywhere between two two to three twos. There's a couple one ones, but you know the the cheapest two two would start at like two forty, and go and the th- two the three twos would go close to three hundred. I bought it at auction for like one fourteen. Nice, nice. You know, and let me t- today if I were to sell it, it's that same fucking price. But the difference is, I've been paying my mortgage, so um, hopefully I, I can collect some money, you know, and, and, and walk away and have a nice little down payment for for a, a bigger house. Right. Because I yeah. when I bought this, when I bought my original condo, I. I was single, didn't have a wife, you know, didn't have a kid, didn't have a, <laughs> didn't even think that was going to be happening anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And then life happens. Fucking shit. Catch up to you fast. You'd be like, what the fuck? I'm married. Where the hell did this come from? Yep. So is that, is that Gabby? Yeah. Gabby Romero coming out. Legends MMA. Dude, I'm super excited to move to Tennessee because there are so many events where they're having this event. Like this is kind of Invicta's base is in Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, Bellator is down there a lot now too. See, and you live on the West Coast where everything to to uh, for us it feels like everything happens over there. Yeah, it used to, but. Like, I don't even, like, nothing happens up here. Everybody, everybody skips up here. Um, like, like, I'll be like, oh man, this person's going on tour. I want to go to this concert. And it'll be like, San Francisco, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Just jumps right over me. And I'm like, oh man, motherfucker. I don't want to have to drive that far to go see a concert. Um, so, uh, I'm excited to get that way because. I mean, there's a lot more sporting events that way. Like, out here, all we have is soccer and basketball. 
Like those are probably my two least favorite sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I could go watch minor league baseball, and there's a minor league hockey team, but that's it. Like, and then I got to go into Portland, and uh, I didn't know this, but like back in the day, Portland's motto was "Come here and visit, but don't stay." And then everyone started staying. So it's like the most clusterfuck uh, underplanned city in the history of the world. So have you lived in, have you never lived in Orlando, buddy? Dude, it, we live, there's no lie. It's 8.2 miles from my front door to the center of Portland. And it can take me as long as an hour and 45 minutes to get there. That is ridiculous. That that is ridiculous. We have we have this one section, and this this just explains everything. We have this one section of road that goes to a three lane tunnel. About a quarter to a half mile before the tunnel, there's a sign. If you want to go towards Seattle or Vancouver or like pretty much north, you have to be in the left lane. If you want to go to downtown Portland, you have to be in the middle lane, and if you want to go down south, you have to be in the right lane. And supposedly you're not supposed to change lanes after this sign appears because it's just solid, solid lines. Every fucking day there is a accident near or in that tunnel that just wreaks havoc. You know how you fix that? For the mile before that fucking tunnel, you put concrete walls. Yeah, there's a, there's a few ways to fix it. <laughs> in, the fu- in the fucking, in between the lanes. Yeah, they're not willing to do it. It's fucking crazy. And then there's a back way into Portland that you literally have to go through, like, I'd say five to 600 feet, well, maybe three to 500 feet of elevation gain through a snaked-out road through a um, state land forest that at one point feels like it's only a lane and a half wide, and that's usually your fastest bet. Wow. Or you can go jump on the max train, um, which is probably your fastest way in, but once you get down there, you, it could take you anywhere between two seconds and 45 minutes to get to the place where you want to get to. That's, that's craziness. Yeah, it's a, it's a horribly planned city. Like They, they planned for uh, probably about half the population of what they had. That, well, right now, in, uh, in, and I, I keep mentioning Orlando because that's where eventually I'm going to go back home um but they they started a construction project two years ago and right around the time i left that was going to take anywhere between six to eight years it's uh like a billion dollar project to widen our interstate and put a real quick coolest name on this card miranda maverick that is a cool name <laughs> I'm I'm looking at her uh, her banner. It's so I haven't seen fight banners in a minute. So yeah. Anyways, billion dollar construction billion dollar construction project to basically our our we had three lane roads, you know, three lane north, uh, north, three lane south, and or east west really, and um, so it's going to be four lanes each way, and then a four lane in the middle is going to be an expressway, two either two in each direction. And the fight between uh, Miranda Maverick and Gabby Romero just started. 450, 449, 448, 447, and there. Um, 
and that thing is has fucking at times feels like it brought Orlando to his knees. I was there like the last week, and I had to drive up for a, a, a meeting on Thursday morning. And jeez, it I, I feel like it. You know, like you're talking about Portland, it's it's like that in Orlando, but right now it's all construction based and not and plus the our idiots driving. Yeah, they started doing construction here, like right next to our house. We live by the freeway, and they're expanding it. And I mean, I can leave at like one thirty in the afternoon to go pick up a wife from work, and there will be a parking lot on the fucking freeway until um, six, seven at night. That's. I don't know how you guys do it. I uh, there's. Anyone who ever goes to Vegas, like, when you're flying in, you can see them really well. But there's two um, sections of road. One's called the Spaghetti Bowl, and one's called the Spaghetti Bowl. Yeah. And it's pretty much it's because it's just it's just roundabouts to all the different freeways. It's where all the major freeways in Vegas all connect. Mm-hmm. There's one over by Henderson, which is when you come into Vegas from uh, Arizona. And then there's one on the north side up by Fremont Street. And they did a massive construction project on that thing. Oh, my God. It shut Vegas down. Just You could not. If you were going that way on the freeway, you better know your surface streets. Otherwise, you were fucked. It would take you. It would. It was faster to start at MGM Grand and drive to the stratosphere on the strip than it was to drive through the freeway. No way. Yeah, it was fucking miserable, dude. And, I mean... I mean, they took four to five lanes of traffic down to one, and then they tried to take three to four exits and merge them into that one lane. It, it's crazy. If you Google Map Vegas and look at it from the top, you can see these Uh-oh. two. Leg lag, leg lag. Oh, yeah, she's got it. She's turning. She's rolling. She doesn't have that knee low enough. No. She might look for a calf slicer on the other side. She can, almost, she, that, that's almost a toll. She could go for that. Yeah. Oh, she she kind she kind of abandoned it. No, she went back to it. Put that big toe in the butt. Get her to, <laughs> get her to release. In wrestling, if you stick your thumb in there, it's called oil. Checking the oil. Checking the oil, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta check that shit. Make sure it's not sludgy. Bruh, nice. <laughs> I, I got. I just got the the head shake from the wife on the couch on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? She was doing her. Are you serious? You're like, yes. Oh, we're God. discussing human beings. Uh, she's she's used to me. I'm, I, I have a. I, I'm a special breed. So I like to tell people, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I might be somebody's shot of whiskey. That's a that's a good saying. Did I love you, that. Did, did, is that yours, or you just stole it? Oh, I stole that motherfucker, dude. I got it as my uh, wallpaper on my laptop. Nice. I, I don't even know where it came from. I think it's actually meant for like females, because um, you find it in a lot of like uh, like those little. I don't even know what Pinterest, like, they sell shirts and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the first place I saw it, and I was like, that's fucking awesome. And I, I told one of my friends about it, and she's like, uh, 
fits you to a T. Oh, armbar. Armbar. For some reason, oh. I felt like she could have just rolled. Yeah, roll on top. Come on. She's got the foot. Oh, shit. That is fucking looks tight. I would not be nice. My heel would be in that jaw. Right? I'd be trying to figure for her head. She's oh, she's going to. She's going to figure for her head. She's going for the neck crank on a figure four. Oh, end around. I'm ahead of you. Fuck. That's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Oh, my God. Did you see that neck crank yeah. on the, the figure four? That neck crank, man. Yo, that arm bar looked tight as fuck, but I guess the elbow was uh, had slid. But that shit oh, was... Yeah, that was nasty. She looks tired. Her arms are probably fucking fatigued right now from going for that arm bar. This chick right here, she she just... You gotta put that heel in that face, man. Fuck it. Springfield, Missouri. She's training with uh, James Krause. Is that where he trains out of? Bro, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I can't be recalling shit like that. Unless it's in front of me, <laughs> I can't recall shit like that. I got. She might train down with, uh, James Krause, Tim Elliott. Um, I think she might be down with that camp. I'm not 100% on that one. Don't quote me. I'm just spitballing here. But yeah, that fucking arm bar was deep. Mm -hmm. I don't know how she didn't tap. Damn. Damn. Will. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck, dude. We're, we're a couple flights in this. We can't go without mentioning the fucking biggest news of the week. What's the biggest news of the week? The fucking press conferences. Oh, shit. Yes. Dude. Dude. Is it just me or does fucking Floyd Mayweather sound like a five-year-old on the fucking playground trying to talk shit? He, he's a six-year-old. All right, I'll, I'll give him six. I was seriously waiting for him to call Connor a poop head. A poopy head, poopy head. Use a bitch. Dude, I, 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 I got to say, though, my favorite by far was the Toronto stop. Toronto blew everybody away, in my opinion. The fucking fans in England were fucking just savage. But the fucking fans outside the Air Canada Center in Toronto were fucking brutal. The the fact that Mayweather things pulling out a million dollar or hundred million dollar check means anything. Like, so what? Yeah, like we didn't see it. We don't even know if that's a real check. Come on, man. And, oh, uh, and he he said something the other day. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, your math is wrong too. I go, you you can't fucking read, and your math is wrong. He said something about, uh, oh, I'm an eight hundred million dollar fighter, yeah. right? So. To me, from what I know, that's him adding up all his fights, correct? Um, or at least the last several fights? See, I don't know because he called Connor a $3 million fighter, which was what he cleared um, against Nate after all the sponsorships and stuff. That's exactly what I was bringing up. So I'm like, wait, but if this is your biggest payday and it's 100 mil... Yeah, you. I mean, is that your net worth? But I mean, my favorite part outside of the best line of all the press conferences are, "What the fuck you got a book bag for? You can't even read." That by was far, funny. By far my favorite line. My favorite thing in the world is all the fans in Toronto 
and all of the fans in England chanting, pay your taxes. Hard work. Hard work. Vacation. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Yo, I heard the chick sitting behind him more than anybody else. Yeah, dude, it was it was fucking sad. And I loved in uh, England when he tried to get everyone to sing happy birthday to Connor and nobody would say a word. And then Connor just stands up and he's like, one, two, three, fuck the Mayweather. <laughs> and, and what's up with uh, Mayweather having his whole fucking entourage behind him at all fucking, at all time? Dude, I and, and then Connor's just riding around with fucking Dana. Yeah, I love when Connor was like, Voltron, Power Rangers, go, go, come on. <laughs> He's like, you fucking juice heads, where the fuck you standing now? Outside the fucking ring. But uh, to the day he dies, Espinosa will be referred to as a weasel. Bro, for, and and you, I think you're right. You called it, um, well, Chad said, he he told me privately, he goes, I think Espinosa is going to be on suicide watch if, if Mayweather loses. And I, think so. I don't think it's going to be suicide wise. I think that motherfucker, he's going to go crazy. He's going to be like, fuck. I, I mean, I, to this day, and I've been very open about this, I fucking, uh, one of Connor's most famous, fucking got the arm bar again. Yeah. One of his f- most famous quotes is, I'll be, was it, I'll be dedicated in preparation, uh, or whatever, and I'll be humble in defeat. And I'm still pissed he wasn't humble in defeat when he fucking lost to Nate. Um, but that motherfucker talked him in himself into fucking the biggest payday in MMA history. <laughs> Bro, Chael talked himself in the to John Jones, yep. right? That's nothing compared to what fucking Connor just did. Dude, he has he has McGregor promotions too, so he wasn't lying when yeah. he said. He- no, he did it. He said it in the first. Oh, and the fucking suit. I want one of those fucking suits. The fuck you suits. The fuck you suit. The fuck you pinstripe. That is, I my wife got so fucking pissed off at me because I watched I, I watched it and he goes, oh, and the pinstripe says fuck you, and I was like, ha, that's funny. I wonder if it really does. It does. And then several hours later. I had seen someone's tweet and it said, check the suit. Yeah. And when I saw the suit, your, your, your echo's back, by the way. And I saw the suit. I was like, I fucking yelled. And I said, Oh my God. Yo, she got a little, she got a little mad. Cause I got a little too excited about his suit. Yeah. See, my, my wife just looked at me and was like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I scored the press conferences. Three oh oh and one. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give New York a, a no contest just because uh, I think Connor was a little tired and um it was it was a pretty pretty brutal one because he was trying to reference everything New York possible and just couldn't do it. Yeah, but uh man, he destroyed him in L.A. He destroyed him in Toronto and he, he killed him in fucking England when he rubbed his head. Oh. Because did you see the look on Dana's face when he touched him? Dana was like, don't fucking do that. Like, <laughs> we just lost money, motherfucker. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Espinosa's face. If I wish they would go through and do a side-by-side of his face in L.A., um, Toronto, New York. And then when, when he was in England, he just looked like he was I, – I seriously, I thought he was going to cut his wrist. Yo, 
when when Mayweather goes, yo, Espinosa, point to the easy work, and he fucking didn't, I was fucking die. And the, but I mean, who who else besides Connor is gonna walk up to the president and uh, what is he, president and fucking vice CEO or whatever of Showtime, who's putting on Showtime boxing match, and look at him and go, if you ever fucking cut my mic again, I'm gonna fucking knock you out, bro. bro. That shit was brutal. Connor Connor is a straight savage. And like I said, I fucking, I still don't like him for some reasons, but I kind of want him to win this fucking fight. No, like people, I mean, there's two sides of this coin. There, there are the people who are like, oh dude, Connor, Connor can win this. And then there's people who Connor doesn't have a chance. I tell everyone, you have to understand this. He has a puncher's chance. Yes. And people, people don't understand people who. I call them, oh man, what do, what do I want to call them? The mediocre fans. You know, the ones who only watch a fight if John Jones is fighting or George St. Pierre or Anderson Silva. You know, there's there's those fans out there. Mm-hmm. The fair are, fans. Yeah, yeah. They're not tuning in to fucking Fight Pass right now watching Invicta. They're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? What's Invicta? Um, but Conor McGregor has only been beat, what, twice by Joe Duffy and Nate Diaz. Both of them were on the ground by a choke. He's never been beat standing up. He has knockout power in both hands. And by the time they hit that ring, he's going to outweigh Mayweather by 20 pounds. And his reach, his fucking reach. You know, uh, Nate Diaz calls it touch butt. Well, that motherfucker can move. He He can't. And actually, I'm kind of jealous of his movement. Yeah, I, I actually last night. Let me tell you, I was uh, practicing my movement. I was on my uh, my endo board, and your echoes back, man, man. Oh, what the fuck it is? I don't know. I I think it's maybe just a delay on our end or something. That's possible. Um. So I was on my endo board and I was fucking around on it, and I was in on the in the garage. I wasn't on my mat. I was just straight up on the concrete. <laughs> Uh-oh. And <laughs> and I was like, let me see how far to the center I can bring both of my legs. So my <laughs> my feet were touching each other, and I want to say it was my yeah my left foot was the center of axis. And I go, oh shit, I'm starting to go. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, I'm a fall. Not not more than I freaking finish that thought. Did I start going down? And I was like, oh, shit. And for the life of me, I tried to fucking break fall, whatever. Nope, wasn't going to happen. Landed right on my elbow. Ooh. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, fuck. And last night, I was like, man, this, I kind of like jumped right back up. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that hurt. This morning, oh, I was in fucking pain. Luckily, I don't think I broke anything because I can move my arm. Like, it's, I got a little soreness, like pain, especially when I go backwards, and you know, and open my chest. But other than that, you know, I can lift my arms up, you know, rotate them, you know, circles, windmills, everything. So I don't think it's a matter of anything broken. I just think I really fucked up, you know, like I hurt myself from falling. This girl's in a bad spot. Yeah, she oh, is. She lost it. With the knee on the fucking throat, being yeah. punched. Yeah, yeah. She lost it. She come get it. Oh, what? 
She gonna look again with that. Uh... I'm gonna wait five seconds. Oh, oh she transfers a mount. And armbar again. This chick uh, likes her armbars. Hey, man, it fucking says jujitsu on the side of her fucking tights. That doesn't mean. Let me tell you, a lot of people think say they do jujitsu. That don't mean they do. Hey, dude, I wear a tap out. I'm tough. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sure you are. I, you <laughs> trained the UFC as well, too. Yeah, I trained UFC. I have a black belt in Muay Thai. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I was. I always love the people who are like, "Yeah, I got, I got this belt in Muay Thai," and I just look at my like, "No, you don't." <laughs> They're like, "Well, yeah, I do." I'm like, "No." No, what the fuck are you talking about? There's not belts in Muay Thai. Yeah, there are. No, no, they're not. You, you know, now, I will say this. There are some schools are. that are doing a lot of shirts. And it's, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if it's an American thing because we kind of have to see progress. Or what? But I know there's several, you know, the school I used to train at, they do, uh, they just followed the fucking jujitsu belts and, and gave people shirts. Yeah. Um, so. Um, and I guess in a way, like, you can say, yeah, this person is proficient in this, or at least would be, if you looked at, you know, what Muay Thai is versus what jujitsu is, they're on this level. They're, you know, they can kind of be all right. They They know technique they know movement they they can string together some combos and whatnot yeah i mean like uh the muay thai coach who was at my gym in arizona um danny brant who actually was professional muay thai fighter uh back in the day coach danny and uh his his school like they're just getting ready to open up their own dbmt uh studio there in, in arizona and uh his his wife actually fought on the undercard of Lion Fights when they were on Fremont Street, and Chris Cyborg fought Muay Thai that night. Oh, really? Um, yeah, his wife, Des, fought on that one. But his daughter is over in Thailand right now. Him and his daughter are over in Thailand. She's 15, and she's competing for her in her fourth. She's representing Team USA in her fourth uh, Muay Thai event. Really? Yeah, Tierra Timoni Brandt, 15 years old. She is freaking awesome. Um, but what they do in their school is they will give you a what they call a shorts test. Mm -hmm. and you have to earn your shorts that say DBMT on them, and that's how they represent their school. Oh, that's uh, a good idea. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's like uh, something that takes place. Damn, unanimous decision? Yeah, I, come on, I thought I at least thought Gabby won that first round. Uh, yeah, man, that was a... I guess I guess we know how the judges are scoring it now, mm -hmm. but yeah, dude, she uh, they do the shorts thing, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know because Danny's trained in Thailand. He knows like all these huge name guys in Muay Thai, and he's gonna kill me for the way I say it. But Muay <laughs> Muay Thai Muay Muay. Um, I had a fr I have a friend who just came back from uh, Thailand. He was there for three week three weeks training at Tiger with his son, sixteen year old son and him. Yep, for three weeks. That is awesome. Tiger Muay Thai is producing some killers, bro. They are. 
And he was telling me, he goes, this is not, you don't come here to fucking fuck around or whatever. You come here to train, listen to music. He goes, we had three albums. One of them was Michael Jackson's Thriller album. They had a Rihanna album and a fucking, I forgot what was the other one. And he said that in the workout area, the lifting weights, he goes, that's the only three songs they fucking play. The only three albums they played. It was just <laughs> random. Whatever, you know, whatever song. Yeah, dude, those guys are producing some fucking killers. Uh, I watched the Glory event last night, and, I mean, Glory, for me, it's like, I have never watched the Glory card and not been super excited for at least 80% of it. Like, you don't even have to know anything about the fighters on there. They're going to come with some fucking, they're going to try to kill each other. And, uh, yeah, those, the kickboxing and the Muay Thai guys, man, those dudes are another fucking level. Oh, this preview for UFC, uh, John Jones Cormier, dude, it is fucking like, like it is. It's almost borderline dark. It it, it is, and they have the the, the picture. Of, I think I just is this the same one that they have the video of him coming out of his fucking in his um orange jumpsuit and whatnot. No, this this was the short now. The short one. Okay, it was the, the longer one was that one, right? It was the same one. Yeah. Okay. But they're like taking you through the whole entire story, and he's like, I was a young kid, and I was handed millions of dollars, and I was doing drugs. And then the next shot is the UFC has stripped John Jones of the title. Yeah. It's uh, it's like borderline, like almost like a dark movie pre- uh, premiere. Who do you got in that fight? I. <laughs> I don't like John Jones. I don't know John Jones. I don't like John Jones. Um, I don't. If John Jones would have came out and just been the bad guy right off the bat, dude, I think I would have liked him a lot more. Um, he, he. I don't. You know that whole press conference he had where he like tried to put his accountability on everyone else, and and he just didn't. He didn't like. Uh, he didn't take was, ownership. Yeah, I think it he was didn't take extreme ownership. Shout out was, to Jocko. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was Joe Rogan and um, Eddie Bravo were talking about it. And Eddie Bravo put it best. If John Jones would have just came out with the attitude he had at the press conference leading up to this fight where he's like, I beat your ass on cocaine, motherfucker. If that would have been his attitude, I would still think he's a fucking thug. But I would at least respect him. I don't have respect for him as a man just based on his actions. But I also understand that he was a 20... 20 you know three-year-old kid who was handed a shit ton of money and didn't know what to fucking do so i kind of agree with that because if at 23 i would be like, held if i would be held to the shit that i did at when i was 23 right now which is part part of who i am but uh <laughs> we kind of talked about this last time and um but at the same account i'm not a big dc fan either but I would love to see DC beat John Jones and then walk away. Like, do you think, think he that, would? I think I he think, would. I think he would if he won. Yeah, because even in the previews, you hear him say, there's one wrong in my career that I want to write. And I think he could walk away. Um, and I think it would be exceptional for John Jones as a fighter if he lost. I don't think it would be the same account as a, when Ronda Rousey lost. 
because she just had that competitive side that's been burned into her since she was like 10 years old. I think if John Jones lost, it would knock him off his uh, pedestal and he would come back greater than he is. I think like he said in the preview, he's like, uh, I started taking my talents for granted and I didn't understand what I had. I think if he lost, you know, outside of the 12, six elbow on Matt Hamill, I think it would do wonders for him to be knocked off from his little soapbox and then have to work his way back up. That'd be interesting to see. But, uh, you know, I mean. Or does he walk away if he loses? I don't think he would. He, he's not, he's, he's, you're right. He's not like Ronda. He doesn't have, his whole being is not tied to who he is as a fighter. Yeah. I think if he loses, um, the next fight we see him at heavyweight. And I would, I would love to see him at heavyweight and, like, go with some of these guys who can get close to his reach and can can put some power on him. Uh, I think that's where DC might – the only way DC can beat John Jones is if he takes him down and he just grinds the fuck out of him. But can he take him down? He couldn't fucking take him down before. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is, is, has he changed his way of going in? Does he have those combinations to set up the takedown? We'll see. We'll see on, uh, what is it, July 29th? No. Yes. July 29th. Yeah, yes, the same night of the, the combat night card. Oh, that's the 30th. That's on Sunday. No, July 29th, Honda Center. EBI? No, no, no. No, uh, my combat night card. My, com- oh. uh, my, my buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a big weekend. It is. Have and- you ever known- with your local events, they're always on the same night as a UFC. Uh, well, here's a fucking problem. There's always a fucking UFC now. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it seems like they always are right there with a pay per view. It's not a fight night. It's not like one of the Fox cards. It's right there with a pay per view. It's like everyone in America who was a promoter was like, "What's a good night to have a fight?" This is the one. So that's true. So that's but my true. buddy, he's actually smart enough to where he's like. My his he tries to do it so his fights end at around ten o'clock. Oh, okay. So you can at least watch the main card, right? Right. Which is not bad. Which most people will only watch the main card anyways. It's only like true fan, and you know, for guys like us, he knows he's like, well, just watch that shit on Fight Pass when they replay it. Exactly. Exactly. But yes, they it always seems to fall on fucking a UFC thing. Man, I do not understand how fighters can get all the way to a cage or a ring. And then have and to get wardrobe malfunction? What the fuck? Oh, the zipper on those fucking things. Yeah. Do you remember? This This was, this one was my biggest pet peeve. It the fingernails? Was, no, it's not the fingernails. It was, uh, um, I think it was Shogun Hua. It was one of the Brazilian fighters who was sponsored by Venom. They made it all the way to the cage, and then they cut off their ankle braces. Like, how do you even get out of the locker room with ankle braces on if they're not allowed? What kind of ankle braces? You know, like the the neoprene sheaths that you put around your ankles that have, like, the open heel? Yeah, you can't wear those? I thought... Apparently where they were fighting... It was against the rules to have those on. They were considered footwear. Oh. And so he made it all the way to the cage. And I was like, how do you fucking get well, that far? See, let me tell you, because I didn't know that was... It, some places are fucking crazy with that shit. 
because most yeah. places you can wear, you know, those uh, those things, or you have to tape them on top of it so they yeah. don't come off. Yeah, but they they're like, nope, and they were like so tightly on him, shit, they just cut them off. Get him <laughs> but like, it's like the new was the that new the was that Glover Teixeira they did that to? Yes, Glover Teixeira. That was Glover. But, uh, yeah. See, once in a while, my fucking brain works, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I do remember that." I knew it was a Brazilian fighter, but uh, yeah, I uh, it's like the new unified rules. I hate the beginning of every event; they have to be like, "Nevada has not adapted the new unified rules." As a fighter, I'm like, "God damn, I would want to be like, okay, I have one set of rules. No matter where I'm at, this is what I'm fighting under." I guess here's the thing: if you if you're a big enough fighter, you say, "Yo, I'm not. I'm just not going to fight there." I mean, but you got to be a big enough fighter. You do. But it's like, even the refs now, like, you hear them, you're even, they have to be more vocal. Like, you'll hear Big John be like, you can't knee, you can't knee, you can't knee, you can't knee. Like, that's what they're focused on. They're not focused on, like, necessarily protecting the fighters. They're focused on, okay, well, his hand is down. Is his hand down? Is it, what rule set are we under? Okay, wait, does he have a finger down? Okay, well, in this state, I can't do that, but in this state, I can that's true. That's so it's got to be exactly. fucking hard for, for refs. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just like what we talked about last time uh, when Eddie Bravo told Shale that he loves he adapted the EBI rules. Like, it's one rule set. So it gives it gives fighters the ability to train one rule set and compete in multiple events. Yeah, I think it's always, from now on, I think it's going to be IBJJF EBI rules. I mean. I agree with that. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. Oh, shit. You you might might consider stop. Oh, might no. Oh oh shit. Oh shit. Oh a ref. Karina. Uh, oh whoa, ref ref. Whoa oh. She is pounding the fuck, fuck out of her face. <laughs> Karina Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, she went fucking gumby legs on that first shot. Yeah, she did. She stepped back and came forward and then got hit again and went down. Oh, now she's going for... Oh, no. No leg lock. She's back on top. There was a uh, there was a fight on the glory cart last night, dude. This dude got hit so fucking hard. I, I just yelled, oh, my God, Gumby's rolling down a hill. <laughs> he fucking, he, his body contorted in a fucking way I've never... He looked like he was in the Matrix. He fucking rolled backwards, did the full roll through... Got up, and I don't even know how many refs he was seeing, but they let him answer the eight count. Holy fuck. He literally looked like Gumby rolling down a hill. What do you think about the eight count? Um, With everything that we've known now with CTE and shit like that. Man, oh, my God. I uh, This fight... It actually went to uh, TKO because he ended up knocking her down. Oh, times. nice transition. She oh, gonna, pretend she was going to let her get up. It's over. Yeah. That was nasty. Um, this fight, I don't think it should have went to the third eight count. I think he should have. The first one, he, he looked like he could still defend himself. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he started moving, his legs were all wobbly. And then he got lit up again and dropped. And I was like, I was like begging. I was like, ref, please stop the fight. Ref, stop the fight. 
and then they let it go to the third one, and he tried to step in before he took the final blow, and the ref wasn't quick enough, and he caught him with a right hook that just fucking lit him up. And I was like, that should have never went to that point. As long as there's refs like fucking Steve Mazzagatti and Mario Mario Yamasaki out there. Bro, those are my two favorite refs. I'm sure they are. Is uh, Kim Winslow your third one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely I would definitely have to agree with you. Oh, and, and Reggie. What was that Reggie guy? Fuck, I don't remember his last name. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yes. Reggie's yeah. the shit, too. Oh, Queer you know <laughs> look at that dance. Her hips, her hips kind of danced back and forth when she got rocked. Yeah, she went Gumby Leg, dude. But uh, you know who I'm starting to become a pretty big fan of? Mark Goddard. He is a very solid ref. He is. When did he? He goes everywhere too. Yeah, he does. He does mainly the the overseas cards because I think he's based out of England. That's uh, yeah, because he's always in the UK cards. Yeah, he's got uh, the control of Big John, and it seems like he has the knowledge of Herb Dean. I mean, he's just an overall good ref. You know. Well, you know what well, we were talking about. The, the last time, Steve, Mario, and, you know, all the shit refs. But you got Herb, too, man. Herb fucking makes mistakes, too. So, you know, even the best fucking refs can fuck up. Here's my thing on, on Herb Dean. Think about how much we see Herb. You're right. You per, per, if, per capita and percentage-wise. Yeah, if you went by a grading system of percentages... I would say, based on like how long we saw Steve Mazzagatti and Kim Winslow, especially Kim Winslow, and Mario Yamasaki, I would say we at least see Herb and John three to four times as more. So, I mean... Yeah, but if I gave you a cup of water with 1% water with piss... Hey, man, I'm, I'll leave the Machita that shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's got to be the first piss of the day, right? Right, exactly, man. Remember, you can only drink your urine twice before it becomes toxic. <laughs> that's a, that's a survival tip for all you preppers out there. You, you know, I was watch I watched that show before Doomsday Preppers, and oh, you that. can scare yourself. You're like, fuck these fucking people. You can talk yourself into a lot of shit. Oh my, <laughs> oh, god. my god. And we got our fucking echo back. This fucking thing. Yeah. And it's every time I bring up the echo, it goes away. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, it's like when there's something wrong with your car until you take it to the mechanic. Oh man, I had a fucking coworker had that happen too. He went the fucking his fucking car would legit just go in limp mode and want to turn off. And he was dealing with it for five days, and every time he took it to the fucking dealership. When it fucking nothing happened. It was like, he got so fucking pissed. He had me record it one day. I'm like, but they don't know. <laughs> I look at her. Yeah, I can send you the video, but they don't know if it's actually you doing it. You know what I mean? Dude, I got I to gotta tell you this shit. <laughs> Speaking of fucking cars. So we're driving the other day. I think it was like uh, a week and a half ago. And we're just driving on the road, right? And I'm driving. And uh, the car in front of me hits their blinker, you know, to turn down the street, so I slow down. And I fucking go to hit my gas pedal, and I did the fucking big whiff. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where's my gas pedal? Where'd my gas pedal go? 
my fucking gas pedal was laying on the fucking floor. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Jocelyn's like, go, go. I'm like, I can't fucking go anywhere. I was like, my gas pedal, I, I can't find my gas pedal. <laughs> fucking, so I turned on the next street available, you know, I just fucking worked it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there fucking just coasting, and I'm like, where the fuck can I pull in? Where the fuck can I pull in? I had to do the, uh, I'm glad I pushed the prowler fucking train. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, jump in the fucking driver's seat. So I jump out of the car fucking get behind it and I just fucking put the shoulder into it dude I'm sitting there fucking just marching the car down the street until we can find a place to fucking pull into I'm like and I, we get to the car like this dude stopped and helped me for like the last 50 feet <laughs> but I fucking go and I'm like man I'm really glad I pushed all those prowler sleds back in the day that really helps with my real life training <laughs> <laughs> yeah but my throttle cable snapped but yeah it was fucking it was a riot I was, that's happened to me once where I felt that something's, uh, that my pedal wasn't responsive. One time it was a fucking bottle of water. <laughs> it went, it slid under the pedal so you couldn't press it. Right. Yeah. I've heard, I've actually heard a few people who that's happened to. But now, nowadays, my, all fucking cars are drive by wire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, I was like, what the fuck, I've never had this happen to me before, and, um, we, we have this awesome mechanic shop that we found here, it's, like, only word of mouth, like, it's kind of hidden in a fucking little parking lot on a side street. Probably and, the best uh, mechanic ever. Oh, dude, they're all fucking, it's owned by, uh, this Arab dude, and one of the signs that hangs in their fucking lobby says, um pagan and atheist and a christian and a and a muslim and a jew all walk into a coffee shop they tell great stories they have great laughs this isn't a fucking joke this just is what happens when you're not an asshole <laughs> it, it says that i mean it, it legit word for word says something like that on their fucking thing and then they have like a sign that says if you bring a bad attitude we'll add a hundred dollars to your bill but uh it's, he owns the place and then he has like three or four mechanics who are just fucking backwoods good old boys dude like the one dude like a couple of the dudes are missing like all of their front teeth and the one guy sounds like Boomhauer from fucking King of the Hill and uh we had to go in there quite often because our old car was just kind of a piece of shit and uh so we we get it towed there the tow truck guy drops it and fucking we're like well we can't get the part for you until um Saturday and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to rent a car because we have farmer's markets and shit. And uh, one of the dudes goes, oh, fuck it. We got a total escape out there in the fucking thing. They're not going to come pick it up for a couple of days. We'll just rip the throttle cable off from that one and throw it on there for you for a couple of days. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So he fucking rips it off. He's like, it's not a perfect fit, but it'll work for you. Sure enough, fucking next day, fucking the part came in. We went in. They took that one back off, put it back on the other car, put our new one on. Have a good day. That's fun. That's good group of guys. Yeah, dude. I I love. Uh, I mean, I'm from the. I'm from fucking middle of Michigan. Like, I'm. I'm yeah, everybody helps each other, especially when it's snowing. Oh, dude. Uh, I uh, I got no problem getting out of the car and helping people push through a fucking intersection when their car breaks down. I'm surprised someone stopped and helped me when I when I was pushing the car. And I mean, he, he jumped out of his car, pushed me like the fifty feet. Hey man, I gotta get going. Thanks. Have a good day. Boom. That was it. I was like, huh, sweet. 
Cruella team. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not the same up here. We uh, we pulled up on this one people who were stalled, mm-hmm. and it was like a couple of dudes who looked like they were wearing their sister's jeans and fucking their baggy beanies and shit. And they're trying to push this car, dude. And I'm like, they're not going anywhere. So I told her, I was like, I, I jumped out real quick. I was like, just pull into that parking lot. I'll meet you over there. And I get out and I start pushing the car, dude, and it starts moving. The kid actually had the goal to go, oh, that just got a lot easier and stop pushing. And so here I am pushing this car, not even mine, through an intersection pretty much by myself. No fucking, no. He did not have the shit to, oh. Dude, they were standing like probably five feet behind me just walking at a fucking gingerly pace and let me push this car. So I got it to like right where like kind of like the hill crested in the intersection. Mm-hmm. Get one big giant push and then ran to the parking lot and got in the car. I was like, <laughs> fuck you motherfuckers. That got tremendously easy. <laughs> Just got a hell of a lot easier. Thanks, buddy. Here, I'm just, I'm just gonna jump in and I'll steer. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't fucking wear your sister's pants. I was like, I was so pissed. I got over to the fucking car. I'm like, did you see that shit? She's like, no. I was told, she's like, oh, yeah, well, that's Oregon for you. Oh, is this chick Polish? Yep. Oh shit, man! There's something in the water that these ladies are drinking over there. Man, these Polish Polish people are fighters, kid. Fucking Joanna Champion trying to jump in to fucking fight Shavanko on a fucking four hour notice. That I would have loved to see that though. It's gonna happen at 125. I have no doubt in my mind that fight's gonna happen at 125. Apparently, because Shavanko beat. Joanna in Muay Thai. She, I think she beat her multiple times, actually. So Joanna wants revenge. Hold, hold on, uh, the I'm on the call. It's fine. Um, we're just we're actually doing this. The fire stick is um in the garage on the little thing under the TV. Yeah. That's the. Right. Should be. Sorry, my wife. Uh, looking for the Amazon Fire Stick. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Amazon. Oh yeah. Fire Stick's pretty legit. It works. We got the uh, Fire TV box when it first came out, like the first gen. Mm-hmm. And it's still kicking, dude. I still got tons of storage on that thing. Again, it's awesome. Actually, I wish Actually, I would have went, went to that to one that because the, the stick, stick seems to be a little slow. Yeah, it runs off Wi-Fi. That, that's why I like the Fire TV box because you can plug your Ethernet directly into it. Well, no, slow. I mean, slow as in processing speed. Oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. The, the the processing speed of that one is a lot fucking slower. And and it's just what you can fit on a little stick versus what, you know, something that has a powered thing and, and a bigger hard drive. Dude, I am I am so excited to get my to get our house just so I can fucking um have a Alexa enabled house because I'm a little obsessed. And uh, you can buy the lights and everything that connect, and you can be like Alexa. Yeah, but then, then the government's gonna know every time your fucking lights at ten percent or fifteen percent. 
I don't care. And they're going to listen to everything you do. I got nothing to hide, dude. The only people who hate me in the world are Apple. Hey, I'm telling you, you almost get me close to getting kicked off of uh, iTunes. You ain't even close. You ain't even on their radar. No, I'm not. If anybody's on their radar, it's probably like Alex Jones. Well, hey, you know they uh, did that shit with the Alex Jones, Joe Rogan podcast. Somehow it's not number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their counting mechanism fucked up on that one. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that that podcast, it was fucking insane. (laughs) Having Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo within 10 feet of each other should probably be uh, illegal. The funny, the craziest thing was, okay, so I know recently something happened about um, a pedophile ring that Alex was talking about. I don't know what came of it though. I knew some, a lot of people got arrested, but in the podcast, when he brought that up, Eddie was like, "All right, this is too crazy for me." Yeah, and yeah. it fucking turns out, fucking people are. Have this crazy ass, uh, I, 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 what would you call it? Fraternity of, uh, of pedophiles? Yeah, there's definitely a fraternity of pedophiles. Um, well, I mean, it's always, it's always been hinted at in movies, and there's a lot of the conspiracy theory people who are, um, who always mention it, you know, the whole skull and crossbones. Yeah, fraternity. What's, what's that fucking thing that they always do and that, Alex said he got kicked out of once, and oh fuck, it's it's like a gala almost, and they like invite all these people, and then they bring in like, oh man, what did he call it? It was like all I keep remembering is pizza party because that's all I kept talking about. Pizza oh, that was a pizza gate, yeah. They're, they're, they're talking about bringing the hot dogs, and there are enough. Uh, I remember that. I don't remember. But that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it, man, it's like as soon as you say something's too crazy to believe, you're like, oh shit, that happened. Dragon's fucking cars changed it for me. <laughs> and, and now, and <laughs> the fact that you laugh, you know about it, and that, and you're right. It's like, wait, th- there's a group of people that. Reddit is full of uh, crazy shit. Yeah, dude, and you and you and it's hard to fucking determine what's real and what's not. But it, it, I mean, like when you get like like we always make fun of the flat Earth people, and it's like it doesn't surprise me that there's these people out there. Well, I got a friend who believes it, but I don't know if he really, really believes it or he's just trolling. Steve Armbar and she twisted the wrist. Oh, 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 oh. Oh man! You wait till you see this transition. Oh. oh! Did you see the wrist turn? Yes. Oh man! Oh, that was brutal. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't even have tried to put weight on it to get up. Yeah, dude. She fucking. As soon as she twisted that wrist, it was bunsky. But yeah, man, there's there's too much crazy shit in the world, and people are always like, like I love talking to naive people, and, and they're just like, that doesn't exist, that's not true, 
uh, motherfucker, let me show you some videos. Well, not only this, <laughs> if you thought about it, maybe somebody else is already. Yeah. Do you, uh, so the first thing I was ever like exposed to, HBO used to have this uh, series called like Real Sex. And it was kind of like Vice before Vice was Vice. And yeah, because they do the real sex. They did all the. They ran through a bunch of Spanish-speaking cities. I know there was. Wasn't there one like in England? Yeah, and you like see people who are like into being like horses, and other people like ride them, and like all this shit. And that was like the first thing in the world that made me think, like, huh, there's a bunch of weird motherfuckers out there. Who knows what's true? That documentary zoo. Yep. Yeah. We uh. So last week at the farmers market, our big farmers market, um, because we sell dog treats. So we're just sitting there, you know, fucking chilling. And I look up, dude, and there is a full-grown person in a like wolf costume, like a full fucking like mascot wolf costume. A furry. A furry. And then there was another person who only had, like, the tail. And then there was another person dressed as a dragon. What was the third person? Yeah, he was like a fox jackalope thing. Dude, I looked up, jack-a-roo. and I was like, jackaroo. Yeah, he was a kangaroo and a jackalope mixed, I guess. I don't know. What, what the fuck? And I looked up, and I was like, are these furries? I was like, holy fuck, I've never seen furries in real life. (laughs) And uh, they came over to our booth, and we actually fucking had them pose with a picture with the dog treats. They were from, like, some animal society. They were trying to get awareness for, like, adopting and all this shit. But this is the way they went about it, dressing as furries and fucking making their own costumes. And so we looked up their their Instagrams and shit. They do, like, fashion shows. And, uh, yeah, Furlandia is what they called it. Because, you know, there's that show Portlandia. Yeah, yeah, they called it Furlandia. And they did, like, fucking tips on how to make your costumes and fucking fashion shows and all this shit. Cosplay for the furry. Yeah, I mean, I got some friends who are in the cosplay in it, and they're fucking, like, deep. Oh, I got I got a friend. She's uh, real deep in the cosplay. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. Yeah, there's some people who are like, you know, the people who like get uh, the plastic surgery and all that shit. Oh, I don't think she's that deep. They take it to the next level. She, I mean, she's definitely, uh, she's definitely, I think, uh, living off a of Patreon right now because, I mean, people love her, so that's great. I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my buddy Sam, he, uh, he probably has like five or six costumes he's done, and he makes them all himself. And it started with like the basic, just he w- he would go with kick ass, mm-hmm. which was just you know, the onesie with the fucking nunchucks and stuff. But uh, I mean, he's got some like in depth mask he's made now, and his fucking shit is good. It's not like it's not like he went to Target, you know, and picked up an Iron Man suit. He has like the, the Iron Man mask that like clips on with magnets, and the eyes light up, and like it fucking the visor comes up and down. It's it's crazy. That's I would so love. I would love- I would love something like that. I would actually, I really, I always wanted like um, either Stormtrooper or a Boba Fett um, 
co- like legit costume and just have a fucking mannequin in the room wear it. I I would never. I don't think I would ever want to wear one out. But what do uh, never? What do what do fat people go as cosplay? Like, as what, other fat people. Well, like what what fat people are there? Like, what well, I mean, I I dress up a lot as fat man. Fat Batman. Batman, fat Batman. Fat Batman. Dude, I'm going to Facebook message you a picture right now. And I have this new term I've been fucking going by. So probably going to hear a ding on his side. But uh, I have this uh, term I've been using called unbridled confidence. I've been seeing a lot of this shit lately. People who have confidence that probably should not. And I just sent you a picture. <laughs> um, this was at my farmer's market today. This chick, she had, she might have had 15 pounds on me. So, the picture he sent me. Okay, let me put it to you. It's a white version of a girl from Deuce Bigelow that said, did you say steak? Did you say steak? I said mustache. Oh, you got me all excited. Yep. Basically, she's wearing a crop top and a very flowing skirt. Pants. Those are pants. No, those are not pants. Those are pants. Dude, okay, so anybody who watches the Mindy Project, there is a huge bitch. Who's a stand up comedian, and I guess her name is like Fortune something, Festmeister or something. She plays Morgan's roommate, and but this girl looks like a larger version of her. Yeah, yeah, dude. She comes walking up, and the vendor next to us, and both of us just looked up, and we all—it was like a car wreck, man. You could not look away, and I was like, "Bitch, you—you are at least my size, and and you need to cover that up." (laughs) So So, I get into this topic a lot. Especially because I got a bunch of fit friends. And they say, I can't make fun of fat people. No. No. And I say, motherfucker, I'm the only one that can make fun of fat people. Yeah. I I don't want to say a word, but it's it's similar to how people believe a certain word can be used between certain people. Yeah. It can't be used from other people. I... I, I like, were you going to drop the F word? I'm, I'm thinking the F word. I'm thinking the N word. Okay. Very similar. But yeah, yeah, I think as a fat guy, I can kind of, because I know what it is, and I'm not, I could go cr- like really, really, really mean with it. Yeah. Because I know the depths of the hell I live or live. Yeah, like, if you're a former fat person, then you can get away with it as well because you understand. But, like, if you've always been fit, you've always been an athlete, you've always been, you know, that dude, then you don't get it. <laughs> That's why I hate trainers who are like, I understand what you're going through. Motherfucker, no, you don't. You never got winded walking up to the second floor. The, or, or the people that say, yeah, I got, like, 15 pounds of fat I want to get rid of, and you look at them and you're like... You motherfucker! Actually, you know what? This show, what show? Uh, that show on uh, ABC had that the the the, the one chick and uh, the fat chick. Um, 
she was she was going to uh fatty's anonymous or or whatever it was the weight loss oh did you not watch that show no i know what you're talking about and there was this really fucking like fit chick and she was like oh i'm 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 fat it's actually um nbc it's uh this is us yeah this is us oh did i say abc i'm sorry yeah nbc this is us That show, best written show on TV. I'm not even going to argue about it. It's a fucking amazing show. Let me it tell you, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did in that fucking ver- first episode. I was like fucking crying and shit. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. There's a lot of motherfucking onions being cut during that show, man. Yeah, we uh, we started, I, I like, everyone's like, oh, have you ever seen This Is Us? I'm like, the best fucking show written on TV right now? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I know you're talking about the scene where they're at, uh, like, Eaters Anonymous or whatever. Yeah, and she and um, I actually did my master's study on um, uh, my master's thesis on uh, online support groups, and I found more stuff that was based on like the anorexic side of eating disorders for support groups than there were for overeating, because overeating you know you're fat. When you have anorexia and bulimia, you just believe you're fat. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Go on. The body images or the body um, anxiety that you have, like you, if you have anorexia or bulimia or something like that, you believe that everyone else sees the same way you do. Whereas people like this girl who has unbridled confidence, they, um, the lady that just brought it up, maybe she's like one of those. Um, like the BBW fetish chicks who like you know dudes are into that kind of shit oh my so god she, that we gotta get back to that yes yeah so she gets all these compliments so she doesn't see herself as fat she sees herself as sexy but if you have anorexia you see yourself as fat even though everyone else sees you as a fucking bag of bones so it's it's interesting how people see themselves like like that chick might not even think she's fat I don't know. I I stumbled upon, and I said, like, because I I troll Reddit a lot, and I didn't realize that dudes like watching big girls eat and getting bigger. Oh, yeah, dude. I actually had this conversation at the farmer's market with the people next to us, the lady next to us. We were talking. We were talking about uh, uh, porn categories, and the number one porn category in the world apparently now is incest. It's not even legit incest. It's staged incest, mm-hmm. but because it's so taboo, and people would never consider doing it, they are attracted to it. And it's like skinny, skinny. You always see like a skinny, skinny dude with a big girl. It's kind of that same theory. Like, I don't know what it's like to be fat, so I'm going to go after the fat. Man, I don't know. Oh, yeah, dude. Fucking balloons. Fucking baby. The baby fetish thing is probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Okay, so if you've studied this, maybe you know. Is there far more thin dudes with fat girls than there is thin girls with fat dudes? I believe so. I. That's that's more of a society thing, I think. 
Like, if we're looking at America, I think you're going to see more uh, thin dudes with bigger ladies. But if you go to someplace like Japan, where big guys are renowned and they're kind of looked at differently, you're going to see more thin girls with bigger dudes. Fuck it. I'm moving to Okinawa. Dude, how, how, <laughs> all right. I got to fucking share it. Okay. So I lived in Vegas. I worked in an elevator. I was literally an elevator attendant at the stratosphere. It was me and 10 people in the elevator any given time. I never knew who was going to be in my elevator. The fucking Asian tourist would get in my elevator, dude, and you have to run through a spiel. Well, they don't fucking know what I'm saying half the time. Mm -hmm. They will literally come up and grab your belly and just rub it like your Buddha. They don't ask. They don't fucking give you any any like inclination. They're coming in on you. They just come up and they will touch you because they they almost look at you like you're a god. And then uh, we had a lady who worked for us, and she was very large chested. Mm-hmm. They would just walk up and grab her boobs. And like we we uh, we actually had to explain in the training like these cultural norms. Like, you don't point, because in a lot of cultures, if you point, it's like flipping people off. Yeah. So you have to yeah. open-hand gesture and everything. That was one of the things is you had to be prepared that someone might touch you in what you believe is inappropriate, and they are actually, like, doing it as a compliment. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I mean, I guess you feel like a pregnant woman. Because I know my mom, my, my, my wife has said, uh, and, and many pregnant women say, just random people try to go up to touch their bellies. Right? <laughs> Bitch, yeah. don't fucking touch me. Do you do you remember he fought um, uh, Ake Bono? He was the only American-born Yokozuna for a long time in Japan. No. no. But there's a guy, his, his Japan name is Ake Bono. And his American name was actually, ironically, Chad something. He was from Hawaii. When he he went and did sumo in Japan and actually made it to Yokozuna, which is grand champion. Mm-hmm. He had to be, I think at his peak, he was something like 660 pounds or something like that. And he was literally a god in Japan. Yo, I need my friend. I need my friend to go fight for one FC or, or whatever, <laughs> so I can fucking go with him. Right? Yeah, dude. It, I mean, things are look. I mean, look at the Samoan culture. If if you're a small guy in the Samoan culture, you're looked down upon. But that's the thing, man. I'm five foot eight, maybe five foot nine on a good day. I wish, man. If, if I would at least grown to six feet. Yeah, I got that. I'm like just under six one. I'm like six and three quarter. Bro, five ten to six one, perfect height. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's crazy. I mean, if people don't understand cultural norms, like I'm speaking about naive people. Mm-hmm. If if somebody, like, let's just say a prime example of a stereotypical millennial, were. Um, you know, in their in this elevator, and someone touched them, they would be invading their safe space, and they'd probably literally have a heart attack. Me, I was just like, "What in the fuck is going on here?" The first time, and I called my boss, and I was like, "What do you do when someone just starts touching you?" And they're like, "You mean like sexual harassment?" I'm like, "No, like Asian people just 
touching my stomach. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, like, that's a cultural thing. You know, don't get offended by it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, they really like you. Yeah, they, they just want to be your friend. Well, you know, you bring up the millennials again, and, and I'm like, fucking. Where the, where the time. We can't find fucking people to want to work. Yeah. Because if if you promote them to a, a a project manager position or or to something where they're doing more than just design work, um, they say, "Well, if I work sixty five hours one week, I should be able to go down and you know work half as much the next week." It's like, why? Yeah, exactly. You know, no. oh, it's an eighty-hour work week, and it's like, for fucking what? Who? Yeah, let me ask you something. Yes. Now, because you've lived in multiple places, do you find it to be the same in Chicago as you do in Florida? So, okay, I got to I think it's just anybody you know after eighty-four or eighty-five have shit work ethic. Okay. Now, I've met, I've met, obviously, there's always exceptions to the rule. Yes. But I find that every time I meet an exception to the rule, one of two things they have in common. They were either, like, um, kind of like loners in in high school, or they were um, pretty good athletes in whatever sport they, they chose. And so they had to work towards that particular thing. Um, or they're raised... By parents who are from the Midwest South areas. Okay. So they're raised to have a work ethic. Like they weren't handed anything. Um, the ones who I find who are like like uh, super dedicated to a sport, and they had to, you know, they were trying to be something bigger. You know, they maybe they were trying to play in college or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have that work ethic because they understand where it comes from on the sport aspect. But anyone outside of that, I agree with you, has a shit work ethic. So there's two things to that. Like, you talk about the sports, right? Well, I someone else mentioned that, um, and I forget who it was. They told me that, that they've noticed that. And another exception to the rule is people or kids who grew up in households with, like, five or more kids. Yeah, they're nothing. They're, like, scrap. Yes. Yes. When you grew up like a big family, I was like, okay, I can kind of see that. Um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. I, I got I know where you're going. Like people who have to actually who have to work when they're younger. Yeah. Well, if you're getting a participation trophy and you're and you're being told you're something special, you know, it, it's my whole John Jones theory: knock a motherfucker off of, off a soapbox and make them work back up, and they're going to have a little bit more respect for it. So what I was gonna say, what like everybody say it says you know when you have your your child to push them in, into sports, but then if you push them too much, it's bad, and if you don't push them enough, it's fucking shitty too. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, I think I think you gotta read, you gotta be able to read your kid on that one too. Like it's gotta be like uh, my my trainer. Uh, there in Arizona, he always posts these stories, like uh, parents 
who want their kid to be, you know, a good baseball player. So they only have them play baseball. Well, their focus is on baseball and then they get burned out on it. Uh, so all the studies he posts suggest to like allow your kids to expand their horizons and find out what they want to play. I think a great fucking uh, example of this is Tim Tebow. The dude's hitting walk-off homers in the minor leagues in baseball. Maybe football was it's just something baseball. It's not a real sport. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right. He didn't do he shit. Football. He didn't do shit in football. He couldn't get signed to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, but he was, he was, he played football his whole life. No, you're absolutely right. He's a fucking a, a, a good athlete. Very yeah, great what athlete. Would, what would have happened if if uh, he would have been able to play baseball? And, you know, I don't know, maybe he did, you know, what, what would have happened if he was playing baseball in middle school and that became his number one passion? Maybe he'd be playing for the Mets right now and not the class A, whatever their team is. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, another great example is um, football players, like def- especially defensive linemen, offensive linemen, um, even Roddy White, the, the wide receiver, mm-hmm. they attribute their football success to wrestling. Because it gives them the hand movement, it gives them the power, it gives them the drive power. Um, Roddy said it's the reason he can get off from coverage so well, because he can he can read the hips. They attribute their success to wrestling. I I really every I hear a lot of people talk about wrestling so amazing and and the experience I had in high school was so kind of crappy that I like I wish I would have. I think like. I regret not fucking staying in, in wrestling. It's it's by far the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, I wrestled for four years in high school, and I mean, a couple years when I was a kid. I wasn't good or anything, but fucking just being one on one with another person. I mean, same thing, same theory in jujitsu. You know, you don't have anybody to lean on. You don't have ten other guys or four other guys or. 15 other guys on the field with you. You have you and the other Look at that armbar. Look at that armbar. Oh, that's nasty. She's defending it perfect, though. She is. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Oh, she's got her hands clasped now. Why is is she not punching her? Why is she not raining down punches? Right? No, she's free. She's free. Yeah, because that other hand didn't look like it was doing much. There goes the elbows. Oh, she got caught in another armbar. Belly down. Belly down. Oh, she rolled through. The fence is in the way. Oh, twist the wrist like the last girl, and you got it. Oh, she rolled through. Oh, holy shit. And now she's on top. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, any sport that puts you one-on-one with someone else, I think is going to make you... A little bit tougher. Well, it teaches you a lot about yourself. Yeah, I mean, you can choose to go out there and fucking, oh shit, it's tough, I'm going to quit. Or you can choose to be like this chick who gets caught in seven arm bars in a minute and is still in the fucking fight. Did you notice how many fighters on this card were sponsored by Onnit, by the way? Yeah. There's at least one fighter from every from every uh, fight, right? Yeah, dude, they're... Uh... That uh, that academy they got going down in Texas, ooh, it's huge. So, got, so everybody going there to train. 
I was thinking about that the other day. I myself, I'm, I use some of their products, right? And did you know about the shit that Gwyneth Paltrow was selling? No. About the little what, stickers? Nope. Oh, Lord. <laughs> She's wearing these stickers that you put on your body. They're like, they're programmed to make you, to your chakras and make you feel better, basically. A pack of 10 stickers is like 60 bucks. Or a pack of six is 60 bucks. I'm sorry, a pack of six is 60 bucks. So it's like 10 bucks a sticker. Bro. There's also a credit card that you can buy that's good for a certain amount of time. And if you put it under your plate when you eat it, all the good shit in your food comes out of it. What? I am not lying. It's called like body vibes. So it's the craziest shit in the world, right? It's snake oil. He's in another fucking armbar. All right. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking, do the people who buy this want to buy a bridge? Well, so then I got to thinking, I was like, what the fuck? What if, what if this was on it? You know? And what if I am buying all this shit and it doesn't really fucking work? I was I was going down that rabbit hole and I'm like, what if I'm what if somebody else is on somebody else's podcast is talking, hey, you see these fucking dumbasses buying what Joe Rogan's selling? But on that same note, what does Joe Rogan say about that? That's true. That's true. If it doesn't make you feel better, don't fucking buy it. If you think you can make the same thing, make it. And remember when he was first, like, I mean, he still does it. He gives out the fucking recipe, the, the, the mixture, for the most of it. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay, we were talking about this today. We were talking about sales. Sales. Um, Man, I can't believe she survived that round. She was in, like, 20 different arm bars, and she survived that round. Four hard arm bars, and she's, man. Yeah. So, as a, okay, you're, let's say you're going in the store. Let's say you have $10,000 in your pocket, right? And you're going to buy, let's just say, a massive computer. Do you want the salesman to tell you what to buy? Or do you want the salesman who's going to be like, you're going to be like, oh, I want to buy this 80-inch curved TV um, for my living room, to be like, all right, dude, do you really want an 80-inch curved TV? What size living room do you have? Do you think maybe you should consider a 65-inch and then maybe put the extra money towards some speakers? Do you want to be told that you're making the right choice or do you want to be told by someone, I wouldn't do that? So, man, it's a... It's a double edge. When it comes to AV, that's, that's my realm. That's what I do for a living. So I'm like, ain't nobody fucking gonna tell me. So let's so right. just let's talk computers, right? Because I'm, I use computers. I I used to build them back in the day, but now I don't give a fuck. I don't do anything. I don't know what's new. I mean, besides like the i five, i sevens, i nines, I think are coming out. Um, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, let me let me just run a sh- sales spiel by you. Now. Yeah, go ahead. You're going in to buy a computer, right? Mm-hmm. And you want the best. Yeah, of course. Of course, you always want the best, right? And you want to say spend the cheapest amount of money, but you want the best. 
you don't play video games, mm -hmm. you don't run any design pro programs. All you do is get online. Uh, you might type up a Word document and uh, do a couple Excel sheets and check your email and play games on Facebook. You got $2,000 in your pocket. And you see, let's just say, Alienware, because you saw it on, you saw it sponsor an MMA event. And you go in and you're like, oh, this Alienware computer is 1800 bucks. That's the one I want. Do you want the person who's standing there to go, oh, yeah, that's a really good computer? Or do you want to be like, all right, what do you do? Okay, you don't want that computer. That's a waste of your money. Definitely. Uh, it's something that I'm not that. Yeah, that. I mean, I still want a fucking fast processor, but you're right. I don't need a fucking Alienware. Oh, I saw one of my buddies on Instagram was building a liquid cool computer. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Why? But why? <laughs> exactly. Why? Like, uh, I think one of the coolest things out there right now, I don't know if you've seen these, are open wall computers where they actually mount everything on the wall and you can, like, see the processors. You can, like, it sends, like, light signals through your wiring. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, that looks fucking awesome. What do you need that for? It's it's artwork more than it is, you know, a, a machine. But in the... You tell people, oh, well, it's amazing. This is liquid cool. This is not going to happen. And I go, yeah, dude, I build server rooms for fucking, for, you know, Fortune 500 companies. And guess what they never have? They never have water anywhere near their fucking equipment or yeah. anything like that. I go, I'm not, I'm not, I, you don't need liquid cooled, man. <laughs> it is all over her back like a spider monkey. It's like a backpack right now. So I'm glad this was kind of with you because um, we always talk about other things and it doesn't have to be 100% on the fights. And I've been so distracted. Either sometimes I'm watching the fights or I'm talking. Yeah. I got the chair kicked off to the side and I turned the TV a little bit. Um, But yeah, it's like, like I mean... I don't know if I've ever actually listened to a full Rogan podcast, but uh, um, oh, dude, I'm gonna send you a picture of these furries. Just the wife just sent it over to me. I gotta send you this motherfucker. <laughs> you can post it with your uh, you can post it with your uh, your podcast announcement. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. You could probably post a picture of the other chick too, man. That's fucking creepy, but uh. Yeah, like if you if you're just gonna sit and talk like talk about a fight, like you might as well just watch the fight. No one wants to listen to us fucking commentate. I mean, Julie Kedzie is a awesome commentator. Yeah, I'd rather listen to her. Yeah, I mean, and she's she, I don't know if you've ever listened to her on Rogan's podcast. She, she is, is smart as fuck. Yeah, she's working on her masters in like creative writing. She yeah. The last time she was on the podcast, I was like, the the knowledge that she has, I was like, man, this girl's smart as fuck. You know what's uh funny is um, so usually I'm very active on Twitter during fights, mm -hmm. and um, since not a ton of people watch um Invicta, uh, when you're tweeting about it, if you use the right hashtags or you tag the right people, it pops up. I've actually got responses from Sheila Knapp, the president, and Julie Kezzy during the fights. That's fucking awesome. 
like the other uh, um, Jimmy Smith from Bellator. Yeah. Well, dude, he's answered like probably 10 of my tweets like during the fights. Like you're fucking sitting there watching. You're like, huh, fucking crazy. Th- that's crazy. That's awesome. But it's all like, aren't you supposed to be watching the shit? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. Is they're able to sit there and commentate answer people's tweets like I think it's them like I don't know if they have people maybe they have people man she keeps on looking like she's looking at the clock like she's tired of that oof oh that's what she was looking I I didn't even hear the got people fucking sending me shit on Facebook holy shit Damn, Jen's abs. Did you see her abs right now? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sick. Well, like, a lot of these, I mean, we, all the ladies' weight classes are lower. And some of these chicks come in just looking shredded. It, it's not a surprise that almost every card's like, three or four people miss weight. I just saw, um, what's her name? Uh, my friend Andrea. She uh, she posted another picture on uh, on Instagram. And the picture she posted was fucking awesome. And you just look at her. She's fucking shredded, dude. I'm actually going to have her on the podcast next week. Um, But, yo, she is fucking shredded. You look at her. I look at these pictures. I'm like, God damn. And she's, you know, she's a raw foodist. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, dude. I I, I just, it's great. I was just like, I can never, I I can't do that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel you. Like that's a that's a huge that's like that's like going straight vegan. Like it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um well I've, I've been three weeks now. I'm I've been keto. And like I, solid, like no no break, nothing. 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 I went. Where do we go? We went to um. A California pizza kitchen here. They brought out their bread, everything, and I'm. I just ate my uh, my salmon, broccoli. I was good, fucking, and and now I'm. It's. I've I'm, I'm losing weight doing this, and I'm not working out as much as I was. Right. Yeah. Um, my first week in the keto though, I had. I went to try to do jujitsu. Oh, was that a bad idea? Fucking dead. I was dead. I couldn't move. Um, I, you know, I was so dehydrated. I started drinking water, and the more water I drank, the more I was sweating out. Fucking crazy. Go home and I said, "Man, I gotta eat something." Um, I ate, had so much water in my system. Everything came up, and I didn't want to eat again. But other than that, I've been great. I've the feeling of being, and it's it's so fucking crazy coming from a fat guy. But the feeling of being thin or being light, I actually, yes, I'm three hundred twenty-one fucking pounds, but I feel light. I feel lighter. I don't feel bloated, and just for that, I really like this diet. This you know this lifestyle. I feel you, I know. Yeah, it's just everyone, everyone's got to find the one that works for them. Like, that's the hardest fucking part. 
Like, just because, you know, keto works for you, it might not work for the guy down the street because either, one, they can't stick with it, or two, their bodies just don't react the same way. You're 100% correct. I went and I did paleo for, like, I was doing paleo for, like, a year. And, well, I actually never broke into the low 320s when I was doing paleo. Okay? I would always stick around 325, 324, and I never broke down below 320, ever. And I was always fucking hungry. Right. Always hungry. Now, not only am I doing keto, but I'm I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting. I am one of those gluttons for pain who actually likes intermittent fasting. Oh, I don't, I don't mind it. I like it. My, uh, my diet used to be, you know, really super clean, um, Sunday night through Saturday morning. And then Saturday night, I would fucking have my cheat meal. Like, um, and then I would go directly into a fast for the following 24 hours until dinner time Sunday night. And that was the one that worked for me. Like, my metabol like I could actually feel my metabolism working for me, which I've never got on any other diet. So I remember you told me about that a long time ago, and I always thought, oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, you have to eat, you, you know, because that was always that, you know, you have to eat type of mentality. And you're right, man. In- intermittent fasting, once you get it down pat, it's, it's like it, it's, that's the way life is, you know? Yeah, you want to you wanna fucking take it to the next level is drink lemon water during your fucking fast. Oh, my God, dude. Just make sure you're not going anywhere because you're pissing all fucking day long. Really? Oh, yeah, because lemon lemon uh, water, lemons, act as a natural diuretic, so it wants to push that water out of you. Huh. Um, I actually have a lighter cut than I, than I occasionally will do. Um pretty much the hangry diet because you're going to be fucking angry um and you eat like eight times a day but the biggest meal you eat is um chicken like boiled chicken breast with a with like yeah so a few slices of cucumber and a tablespoon of almond butter and you end up drinking like uh, no, it's like two or three gallons of water through the day, and like you have like a certain period of time where you have to get the water in, and then you go on to your next 32 ounces or whatever it is. Like every other 32 ounces has lemon water in it. So like, oh dude, oh my god, I it it's crazy. Like I understand what fighters go through. Mm-hmm. I dropped like uh, I did it one time and dropped like 40 pounds in a week. What the fuck? It was all water weight. Yeah, I took it right. I mean, I took it right through the dehydration phase. Everything, like, because the last day, all you get is a half gallon of distilled water, and then you treat the next day, uh, twenty-four hours from that point, you treat it like that would be your weigh-in time. And oh my god, dude, I was like, I wanted to fucking just strangle everybody, and I was like, no, and then like, because when my friends fight, dude, I will, I will be like, hey, when are you leaving for whenever? Oh, we're leaving on Monday. Sunday night, I'll send them a text or whatever. I'll be like, hey, man, good luck down there. I won't talk to them until after the fight. I'm like, I don't want to fucking be the guy who, like, 
ask a question or something and be like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker, because they're, they're not even pissed at you. They're just pissed because they're hungry. They're pissed because they're hungry. You know, they're, they're focusing on the fight. And I got a lot of friends, who, you know, a lot of people like to ask fighters, how do you feel? And they fucking hate that question, especially fight week. What do you mean, how the fuck do I feel? How the fuck would you feel? Yeah, I mean, unless you're, like, bumping up a weight class. You know, like, when Cerrone went to 170, you know, he cut, like, three pounds. I'm sure he was. I mean, he has a great time anyways during fight week. But I'm sure he was fucking loving that. (laughs) Like, I just talked to CB. uh, CB um, fought Ed Herman on The Ultimate Fighter last Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was his first fight at 205. And I was like, and after the fight, I was like, you know, hey, man, did you have to cut anything? He's like, I cut, like, three pounds. What he's like, he's like, I could, he's like, for the first time, I could focus on training instead of focus on losing weight. Yo, they don't look like they're activists. They definitely look 100% furries. Sorry, <laughs> I was looking at the picture. I saw that. <laughs> right, dude? Right? Yeah, the only reason you would know they're activists is because you talk to them. They, they, no, no, they had people following following them around who were like handlers with like the shirts on for whatever the thing was. Oh, that's not oh, bad. That's not bad. Yeah, but it was like as soon as I saw them, I was like furries. Yeah, and then the one lady, the um, let me see which side she is in the picture. The one on the right, the big fox. Mm-hmm. Um, like. It was like 80, 85 degrees out that day. So there's a there's a booth like three booths down from us that has uh, non homogenized fresh milked milk um, that they sell at the market. And the one on the right there just starts screaming, "I want chocolate milk! Get me some chocolate milk!" And then she was like trying to walk over to the booth, but you can't see out of those damn costumes. So she's like Godzilla walking through kids. She's like. I want chocolate milk. Like, it was hilarious. (laughs) Are we in the main event? Is this the main event? This is the main event. This is the main event. Mars coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I thought that was Mars. Mars already in the cage room. I feel like one of our podcasts, you need to like split up into like six episodes because it's like it's like six of your other podcasts. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you could always pause it and go back. Dude, I will never forget the fucking first one we did on my podcast. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, fuck, dude, is it like one o'clock in the morning there for you? And you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Maybe I should uh maybe I should go to bed or something. I'm like Yeah, I was driving I remember I was driving back from work, wasn't I? I had been at the office. You went home and, and you can hear it on the podcast. You went home and then you can like hear you make a meal like in the microwave and then you like get in the car and you leave and then you come back to your home. And I'm like I think like afterwards I think I like sent you a message. I was like, did, did you leave? And come back and then leave again during the podcast. And you're like, oh yeah, dude, I had to like go to the store. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. 
what what kind of a horrible podcast etiquette that was. Yeah, I don't. It's funny because like I don't think I've ever listened to any of my podcasts like at all. <laughs> and then the one that we did last time, I listened to the intro because I know you you change your intro each time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's my voice. I remember this whole conversation. I don't think I need to listen to this. <laughs> Like, who else did he have on? I'm going to go to that one. <laughs> so I listened to my last one, the Independence Day podcast, the other day. Um, and I fucking hate myself talking. Hate it. Most people do. Like, they can, they don't, like, people don't understand how they sound. It's, yeah, like, my fiance, dude, she has such bad volume control. Yeah. Like, like she was just trying to whisper. You can probably hear it, people. Like, if you go back like twenty five seconds from now, you can probably hear it. She was trying to whisper at me that she had sent me that picture to send to you, and I bet you hear it in the background. Because hey, <laughs> it's like, hey, what's the answer to number six? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. She'll get off work right, and she'll and I'll go pick her up from work, and she'll get in the car, and like I'll have the radio on like. 14, which isn't that loud for me. And she'll be like, hey, um, so at work today, I was di- I'm like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> like, seriously, like, you're at like a nine, can you take it down to a four? Like, bring it out. So, being of uh, Puerto Rican descent, my volume is starts higher than anybody else's. <laughs> and then, as, as the conversation sometimes goes to an agitated form it it like tri- doubles and triples yeah and sometimes when i'm inebriated it quadruples <laughs> yeah i'm always so, fucking loud so barella do deva just started fourth uh, 452 451 450 in the first round this is the main event of the card is this three or five rounds? Are they doing five rounds? I think it's only three. I think it's only three. But, uh, yeah, so, like, like I mentioned, like, people don't know how they sound. Like, I mean, fuck, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I listen to myself, I'm like, who the fuck, that's fucking weird. She will tell me that depending on what I'm talking about, my voice will change completely. Like, it's not like, like, if I'm talking about, like, what'd you say? Like, if I'm talking about country music, Apparently my you get a twang, I get a little twang, and then if I'm talking about metal, like metal music, my voice gets super fucking deep, like, and then oh that's fucking metal though, you're talking about metal and your voice gets deep. Ooh, nice fucking take on. And if I if I'm like on the phone and I'm talking to someone who's a stranger, like I have this like super professional deep doctor's voice. <laughs> I, I I I'm assuming it's based on like my knowledge of communication, but I don't fucking realize I'm doing it. Like, I guarantee you, dude, if we do another podcast after I move to Tennessee, within the first month, I'll have a Tennessee accent. Can you, can you, you know what, who interests me? Like, people who can turn on and off accents. Yeah, she can, she can do that. Really? Um, She works around a lot of Indian people. And, um, I don't know if you remember the show on uh, NBC Outsourced. Oh my god, the fucking head, the head shake. So the head shake is a real thing. Oh That's my what, god. People don't know what I'm talking about. Um, 
Indian people, um, because of their culture, they don't, um, they don't uh, like definitively say yes or no. So if they don't have a definitive answer for something, they do this head bob and it looks like a bobblehead and it's just, it's like up and down and side to side at the same time. So you don't like, it's like, yes, no. So they're saying yes and no at the exact same time. Well, that's a real thing. Well, she fucking will slip into an Indian accent, especially when she's telling about something at work. And it used to be really bad with British people, but British and Indian accents are very similar. Yeah, she'll slip into an Indian accent, and I'm like, you never even have been to fucking Asia. (laughs) So, the crazy thing about this is I find myself doing this all the time, and it just so happened, I'm not even going to say who it happens to, but when people speak broken English to me, I tend to speak it, I speak broken English back to them. (laughs) Why the fuck do I do that? I don't understand. Because... If they're speaking broken English because maybe it's a second language, it's because they don't know. So as somebody who knows English, I shouldn't be fucking, you know, speaking broken English. But I fucking do it. And I catch myself doing it like, hey, you're a jackass. So (laughs) I I feel like a jackass for doing it. And then I feel like a jackass for not doing it because it's like, well, obviously they, you know, their, their knowledge of the English language is limited. So I can't be throwing Oak certain State. words wrong. And in guillotine, she's cranking. Oh, she's cranking on it. Ooh. I don't think she has the height to do this. Oh, she's going to get well, She's got the pressure right now. She's going to get taken down from this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She needs to give up on it. This is the point where your arm's just going to go into pr- – oh, oh, she thought about tapping. She thought about tapping. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, dude, I totally understand. It's the same thing as, like, when you move somewhere and you pick up an accent. Like, I have probably never said y'all in my life. Now that we're moving to Tennessee and we have to talk to, like, our real the realtor, and, like, you hear people on the phone and you, like, you're like, y'all. What's up, y'all? I'm like, and I'm like, the other day I had this conversation at work. I was like, you know what's a very, very diverse word? Y'all. It really does make sense in a lot of situations. People are like, What? I'm like, I never thought about using it because I was like, oh, that's a southern thing. It actually makes sense to use this in a lot of situations. It's the perfect pronoun. It's like it's like a mullet, dude. It's a perfect haircut. <laughs> it's you know, it's business in the front, it's party in the back. Yeah, man, she should have stopped squeezing a long time ago. That the she, arm strength, that arm is taxed. It is uh to use an American Ninja Warrior slash climbing term, her arm is pumped out. Jesus Christ. But yeah, it make it makes sense that you pick up on broken English. I mean and you live down in Florida, dude, so I mean you guys have a, a huge We got the Cubans. Yep. Man, I love my Cubans. I have a bunch of Cuban friends here. You ever, you, ever, you ever just mess with them and be like, "What part of Mexico are you from?" Uh, no, man, because I'm 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 fucking Puerto Rican. I can't be saying shit like that. I love fucking with people. <laughs> like I, I will I will literally run a social experiment. <laughs> like I have a friend who is El Salvadorian, mm-hmm. and I've known this dude for probably like I would say a solid probably ten years, maybe twelve years. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, to this day, I still like to be like, so what part of Mexico did you say you're from? Well, I'm not going to lie. I do that shit to my wife and, and my in-laws. <laughs> my, my wife's Nicaraguan, so oh, she fucking hates it. Yeah. And if we, if we were drinking together, it was, I'm not fucking Mexican. I'm from El Salvador, motherfucker. That's, that's, that's basically how I get my wife when she gets to that point. And then they get the... As you as you said, the fucking the volume goes up. Like it ain't gonna stay. It's going up. It's going places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I pro- the problem is I gotta stop doing it because I live with her. So. Yeah. Yeah. She'll she'll fucking. Yeah. She'll, you she'll know. Punch you in the face. You'll be sleeping. She'll hit you with a fucking sock with a pool ball in it or something. Kung Fu Panda. She'll Kung Fu Panda you. <laughs> Okay, this fight's kind of down the line. This is the funniest story ever, dude. And this this just proves that my relationship is probably going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when we were first, like, kind of started dating, like, um, oh, yeah, when we first moved in together. So I was out drinking with my buddies, and I was fucking hammered, right? And so I got home, and she was, she was already in bed and everything, sleeping, and I fucking lay down. Well, apparently, I mean, I'm a big dude. You know this. Um, apparently, I fucking had a dream that I was like doing something. I don't know what, <laughs> but I had managed to curl myself up into a perfect ball and fucking explode out with both hands and both feet. And she had a bed at the time that was probably a solid three and a half feet off the ground. I fucking blew her through the closet door into like the walk in closet, dude. Fucking, it was probably six feet away. Oh my God. <laughs> and she, of course she's like, what the fuck? You know, she's yelling at me, and I'm just <laughs> fucking out, dude. And then I wake up the next day, and she's like, what the fuck was that all about? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she tells me this story, and I'm like, I don't fucking care who we are. That is hilarious. I am impressed. I'm not even mad. I, I'm like, you need to be mad. You should be impressed I got into that position. So, <laughs> I got three similar stories. Okay. <laughs> three. Three, not one, not two, but three. So, it 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 was sometime in 2009. It was when I first started jujitsu. Um, my wife, well, at the time she was my girlfriend, sleeping over and whatever. And I, I think I'd been doing at this point jujitsu for like three or four months, and somehow I guess I was drunk. I don't know. I wake up to her slapping me in the face because I had her in the greatest rear naked choke ever. Something that to this day, I have never been able to redo. And by, by, by that, I'm saying like my arm under the neck, grasping my other arm back in the head. Just perfect. I mean. Just running drills in bed, huh? Yep. Got slapped to that. Never, ha- it hasn't happened since. That has never happened again. How do you explain that if the cops show up? I don't, I don't know. I was having dreams about the IPJJF World Finals. I don't know. The next time, this would happen maybe two, maybe three years later. We're just sleeping. Dead asleep, dead asleep, dead asleep. And I tend to move sometimes when I'm sleeping. And I guess I turned, I was on my back and I turned to my belly. 
but in the process of turning my belly, my left arm started was like on the um falling over the edge of the bed. But when I turned over, I guess I turned over so fast that my arm just came up with some force and came down onto someone's back. So hard that I woke myself up. Holy shit. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was bad. I got so pissed. I think, I think you have the same issue I do. According to her, I'm like the most agile person ever when I'm sleeping. She's like, you will like pop up out of bed and do like a full roll in midair and fucking land back down and never wake up. But you can't do that shit when you're awake. I can't even fucking get out of the chair in a fucking timely manner, dude. It's like, what? Are you, I'm like, you're full of shit. I'm like, you need to fucking film this stuff. Like, I want to, I want to see this. I want to see how I'm doing this. Maybe that's why my ribs and back hurt all the time. So I'm glad you brought up a chair because I wanted to talk to you about something. And in 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 the previous previous podcast, I had talked about that show, My Six Hundred Pound Life. Have you watched that show? I've seen a, I've seen like probably I think five episodes. Oh, that's perfect. You got enough knowledge of that episode of those the series then. Have you noticed that these re- like okay, I'm three twenty one right now. I I was about three eighty five earlier in the year, and at three eighty five, even now at three twenty one, I fucking triple check any fucking where I'm gonna sit. I make sure that that chair's not a little wobbly. That everything's fucking tight. So these fat fucks just plop their asses down anywhere. Oh, she is gashed open. Oh, she got a hematoma. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, yep. See if we can get a Mark Hominick situation. Oh, yeah, dude. I um, yeah. Yeah, you know what the worst things ever are. So this, these have been my nemesis. I've always been a big dude. Plastic chairs. Uh, yeah, the plastic, like, garden chair. Yes, 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 those, those yep, the fuck those. I will never sit on those. I, I cannot tell you, and my buddy Bodie, <laughs> who is fucking marrying us, probably has ten stories about these motherfuckers. <laughs> of me just, like, you know, just either being hammered or being sober. Just sit one of these motherfuckers, and you just do the, your eyes get fucking as big as saucers, and the thing is just going. You can't stop it. You're going to the ground. You can't fucking get up and you are done for you're piled up in a fucking corner looking like a dumbass that's nice over and right yes how about when they get you know here in florida the sun fucking kills everything and they bake in the sun oh yeah and i've had i've had a friend fucking once this fucking asshole he let me sit down in it and i was and this is when i swore these fucking things off this fucking asshole thought it was going to be funny. I'm sitting down and just relaxing. Got one, like, my, my shoulder over the side. I'm just chilling. Where my fucking weight was, the back leg, he fucking kicked. Oh. 
And that fucking leg, that <laughs> fucking broke. It cracked. And here I go, bah, falling backwards. Fucking, fucking chairs. The other one is the camping chairs, you know? Oh, no, I'm cool. I got my Coleman XXL one. Oh, dude, I bought a um, Alps mountaineering fucking chair. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker is rated at 800 pounds. Really? Yeah. It is like because you know when you're getting out of those fuckers because this one has like a almost like a, a rear in- decline so you actually sit back kind of like a recliner a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you're getting out of that fucker, you're not just standing up, so you actually got to push on the sides. I can push anywhere on the arm thing and fucking get up out of that thing, and it folds down into the nice little, nice little fucking bag that you can strap on as a backpack. Um, I'm gonna need. Damn, those are nice strikes. The fucking dome. Did she just tap? No. That looked like a tap to me, man. It was two fucking hands to the fucking belly. Or, or had the same hand to the belly twice in the same fucking spot. That looked like a tap to me. But then again, I wasn't 100% paying attention. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, that fucking chair is a business. That's my farmer's market chair. You're going to have to send me a link to that motherfucker because I want to, you know, I like, even though I'm, I, I just like those, I like those 30 chairs. Yeah, I, yeah haven't fi- I haven't been able to find a beach one like that. I don't go to the beach enough, but I'm pretty sure this motherfucker would work on the beach. Oh, uh, um, the beach chairs usually have a very, very, very low seat. Oh, yeah, those ones? Man, I ain't getting in that motherfucker. You gotta, you gotta look like fucking Shamu rolling out of the ocean to get out of that damn thing. Yeah, that they do kind of suck when you're fucking, when your ass is only three inches off the ground and you gotta fucking somehow <laughs> position your legs and your fucking arms so you can get up out that motherfucker in one in one fell swoop. Yeah. All right, so they're called Alps Outdoors King Kong Chair. There's, there's Alps says like the mountain. Yeah, I'll send you a link uh, on Facebook here. For the one on Amazon, I got the camel one um, because it was cheaper than the regular one. But, I mean, they oh, have a I thought you like hunting. Well, I, I, I mean, fuck, I'm, I am from the country and I'm going to Tennessee. I figure camel would fit in, you know, I like to match. But it is a uh, weight capacity 800 pounds and it has a powder coated frame. Dude, it's, it's comfortable and it's fucking nice to be able to push off the damn thing. It's got two cup holders. And fucking three different pockets on it to store your stuff. That looks like a legit chair. Find it? Yep. Well, the link's coming anyways. But. No, no, thank you. No, no. Because I, I, I found it because I just searched it right now, but I probably would have forgotten. So it's good that you sent it to me. Yeah, I got the Look at uh, that transition. Ooh, now she's in the fucking triangle. Ooh, that triangle yep. looks fucking... Locked out. Ooh, got that arm. Yeah, use that heel. <laughs> Hit that shoulder. Just, just... If you watch this, she's actually punching her own arm to get <laughs> it out of the arm bar. <laughs> she was. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, the the seat's like a thirty-eight inch seat, dude. So, man, I can sit in there and I got room. You know, you can open your legs. It's not like when you sit in a regular fucking chair. This is something you skinny motherfuckers don't know about. When you're sitting in a regular chair, like, or if you go to a sporting event, man. Doctor's offices were usually the worst because they use those wood chairs with the high arms. Oh, yeah. So, your 
right. <laughs> Your thighs would have that fucking mark just dug into yeah. them. So, I had a buddy. I, we went to a, a UFC in Portland. But it wasn't a very good card, but we uh, he is at least equal to my size, and uh, like I had never sat in the seats we got because we got in pretty decent seats. I only set up in the club seats, which are pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get to the seats. And uh, we had, like, these two seats that were kind of askew from the rest of the uh, row. And they were kind of forced back in. So he sits down. I mean, literally, like, wedges himself into the seat. And I, I'm like, all right, I got to try it just for fucking purposes. I sit down, dude. And, you know, UFC event, you're going there. I mean, it's six, seven hours long. We literally would have had to have our arms around each other, lean into each other to have anybody sit near us. So I'm like, oh, fuck this, dude. I did not pay money to come to this event to fucking sit here and literally probably not even be able to watch the fight because we're so uncomfortable. And uh, I've come to find out the fucking seats are like 20 years old. And so the the usher guy literally looked like a bowling ball. <laughs> and I walk up to him. I go, hey, big man. I go, here's a fucking deal. Me and that son of a bitch right there have to sit in these seats. I go, is there any way we can sit somewhere else that may be a little bit more comfortable? He's like, just go to the ticketing booth and uh, tell him, you know, this he gave me his name. Tell him I sent you. Dude, they put us in the handicap section with like the folding chairs. We had our fucking feet up on the wall. I can kick back. Fucking, you could split the chairs out as far as you want. I'm like, huh. Well, this is why fucking fat people stay fat. It's easier to get the handicapped chairs than, than lose fucking weight. It is. It is fucking. Uh, when I went to UFC 148, I had my buddy with me who had an amputated leg, and we used that to get the fucking handicapped seats. <laughs> and those were like four hundred and fifty dollars chairs. How do you, how do you like that uh, that win for Mara? I, that was. I mean, that was a battle, dude. That was a battle. That was a well fought fight. Oh, and the, you see this blonde chick who's interviewing everyone after the fights? Mm-hmm. Tanya Evinger has kissed her three times. It's like an ongoing joke in between them. But, really? like, every time Evinger would win, she would fucking plant a kiss on her in the middle of the octagon or in the after-fight interview. It's hilarious. That's funny. She does look good. That tall, tall glass of water. I feel like we uh, did a fight companion podcast and barely talked about the fight, but that is all right. That uh, that I think that typically happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Where was where was our flat Earth guy? Yeah. Where the, yeah. Oh yeah. I tried to get my buddy to come over. <laughs> Fucking, I would be like, this would be the guy who would bring up the flat Earth. He, he would be <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. In case anybody didn't hear that, she just whispered, "Chris." So. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you, yeah. mark it down on the fucking, did, did I actually hear voices here? <laughs> like, I did one, we did a one podcast when I was doing Lugu, dude, and my buddy, who was my co-host at the time, he lived in, like, this older house, and he always swore to me that the motherfucker was haunted. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I love fucking ghost shit and whatever and ghost adventures. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. We listened to one podcast, and there was the creepiest fucking noises coming in the background. Like, you could hear voices that weren't ours. And I was like, 
I don't even know how to fucking explain this. You know, maybe the maybe the mic was picking up something. He's like, I don't know, dude. He's like, but I listened to that fucking back, and I was hearing all kinds of shit. You. Why is it when you fucking start thinking about shit like that? That's when you fucking hear it. <laughs> Just gets in your mind. Oh my! <laughs> it, and it fucks with you. That is one of the reasons I'm so excited to move to Tennessee because it's got all the, like Civil War sites and all the battle sites and everything. Oh my god! And uh, when we were there in April, we were gonna do this thing with our buddy who lives down there. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghost tour. Well, not even that. You get to actually go to like an 1800s. Uh, full plantation and you get to go from like six six at night until four in the morning and you can bring you know like evps and all that crazy shit and they actually let you do your own ghost adventure fucking thing on the plantation no shit yeah it's like 70 80 bucks a person but i mean hell it's eight nine hours long but yeah i guess you like get to explore the the family graveyard and the slave graveyard It's pretty fucking crazy. That's uh, it, it fucking freaks me. Like, you ever played with a fucking Ouija board or anything? Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. I I fucking used to be in all that shit. Like, and, uh, yeah. I don't know I don't if know it's. I don't it. know if it was like us fucking like my my older sister or whatever fucking with us. But I'm gonna tell you what. I don't need that fucking drama in my life. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Uh, my buddy's wife were like, uh, "Hey Liz, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go do this ghost tour." And like, there's another one right after we move there, which you were thinking about doing. And uh, Jocelyn's like, she's like not all into that, but she's like, I'll go do it with you guys. And uh, his wife was like, "Nope, I'll drop you guys off. I ain't going anywhere near that place." And like, I guess she like like she won't even watch uh, like you know scream like type horror movies. And I'm like, "Oh shit, we could fuck with her so bad." <laughs> All right, so there's this place in Orlando, or outside of Orlando. It's uh, north of Orlando. It's called Casadega. And it's one of those places where uh, you have fucking just people saying that this is a haunted place, whatever. There's a lot of palm raiders out there. Whatever. This happened, I want to say it was in 04, 03 or 04, kind of couple of years after we uh, moved on to, to Florida, right? Um, we were, the group of friends, we would always go down to Casadega and fucking sit in the devil's chair or whatever, fucking all the time. One time we went and it was, uh, we went with two cars. We had one, um, F-150. It was, I'm sorry, F-150. It was F-250. And it was the, the crew cab. Um, and now, who was in that car? I was in the car, Christian, and three females. We're in this fucking car, and um, we go down this dark, uh, this uh, dirt road. I, I couldn't think of the word. And no one's in sight. There's no houses or anything in sight, right? And my buddy Christian needs to go fucking take a piss. Oh, you know what? And Sean with us. It was uh, three girls and three guys. And me and Sean are sitting in the car with, with the with the chicks. He goes to take a piss. Somebody opens the door, and it's a fucking dude with two huskies. 
he starts talking to us, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Y'all need to leave. This fucking place ain't safe. Blah, blah, blah. We like, all right, all right, all right. We were fucking scared shitless. All right, we're fucking leaving. Bye-bye. You know, he closes the door. Not 10 seconds later, my buddy opens the door. And I go, what the fuck? I go, did you talk to the guy? What guy? <laughs> Five fucking people see that guy. We didn't see the guy ever again. We didn't see him walking down. We didn't see him cut through the grass. We didn't see him walking, you know, the the opposite way. Dude, I I, I don't I can't explain it. Yeah, fucking crazy ass shit, dude. And I'm not saying, I don't know what the fuck it is. Maybe he did cut through the grass and we just never saw him. But the fact, the simple fact that my buddy walking up to the truck after he had taken a piss, didn't see the fucking guy, trips me the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, well, you guys got the voodoo culture down there in Florida. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got, I can't wait to go to Louisiana, but yeah, you got that, that Haitian, Haitian influenced voodoo culture and oh man. Well, that and the, the Santeria, man. Yeah, the Santeria. The Santeria is fucking legit. Yeah, we uh, we're going to Texas in September, um, and we're gonna be like thirty. Like, I'm a big Ghost Adventures fan. I love that show, even though I mean it could be fucking totally fake. I don't know, but uh, there's a bridge that they fucking investigated that's gonna be like thirty miles from our hotel, and it's one of the only episodes I've ever seen real fear. In their eyes. It's what bridge? Where, where is this? In, in where Texas? It's called. It's right. It's like thirty miles outside of. Uh, where the fuck are we going? Plano, Plano, Dallas area, and it's called Goat Goatman's Bridge. And while they're filming, um, you like have to walk down this path, and uh, apparently, the thing is, is back in the day, there's supposedly a bunch of satanic activity there, and and there was a portal or I don't know something. But they're filming, and you see these fucking eyes appear in the fucking path. And I'm, I tried to fucking debunk it as lightning bugs. I tried to debunk it as fucking uh, reflection. I, the way that they moved, I couldn't think of anything that made sense. But you see these eyes, and then, like, um, Zach Bagans is the host of it. Mm-hmm. And um, him and Aaron, um, what the fuck his last name is. But they are literally staying on this bridge, and like they get this look in their eyes, and Zach like gets this crazy ass look in his eyes, and it's like when you when you snap and you get really pissed off and you fucking lose your shit. Mm-hmm. He had the exact same look, and he he just he was like screaming at people and trying to fight them and all this shit. And he and then like they got him away from the bridge, off the bridge, and um, he like snapped back to reality. But the girl who was with them, who was like their photographer, she actually had to quit the show after this investigation. What? Yeah, because it freaked her out so bad, and she felt like she had something attached to her, that she actually quit the show, even though in her, it was her and her husband who were part of the show for like five years, and they and they quit the show, or she quit the show. Damn. Yeah, she had to like go to therapy and everything. It was it was crazy. There's that place, and then there is um, some music house, and I think it's in Kentucky. Um, that they investigated, and they actually have signs posted around the building 
that say we cannot be responsible for any harm done to you by uh, entities not of human nature. That's fucking crazy, son. Yeah, uh, Aaron. Would you uh, stay there? Huh? Would you stay there? I w- I want to go there. It's uh, it's um considered one of the seven portals of hell. Huh? Yeah, it's, there's so much activity that they consider it one of the seven portals of hell. And uh, apparently there's something in the basement that they found that they believe that that's why there's so much activity. But then you got people who are like, oh, fuck, ghosts are stupid. All those shows are fake. I don't Yo, basements it. can be fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Attics, attics can be creepy. Attics can, especially after the fucking, what movie was that? The Ring movies? When that little yeah. kid was fucking hiding in the fucking attic? God damn. See, the reason that no one will ever be able to fucking... Uh, argue me that there's not ghosts or some kind of like spirit like uh energy um when i was growing up my grandpa died like a year before i was born mm-hmm. and he gave my mom this uh music box and i guess there was always this thing between my mom and my grandpa where he was um like she was gonna get a house she always wanted a house right like because i grew up in a trailer until i was like eight and uh we had this music box sitting up on this fucking shelf and like once a week, maybe twice a week, random times, never the fucking same time, the music box would start playing. And it wouldn't play for a certain amount of time, nothing. It's not like it was on a fucking setting. Mm-hmm. So as soon as my mom and my dad built their house and we moved into the house, the fucking uh, music box stopped doing it. So it was like he was in purgatory and let my mom know that he's still there. And then as soon as she got what he promised, it was gone. Wow. wow. Yeah, so that's why I'm like I'm like a ghost believer because of that reason. And, dude, as a little kid, you're fucking freaked out as fuck when a music box just starts playing. Little ballerina spinning around and be like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh you know why? Because there's nothing I can do to stop that, you know? Yeah. Like, no what control. can you do? You have no control. And that's the freakiest part about it to me. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we covered a little bit of everything. <laughs> we did. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you. Um, so I'm looking at uh, EBI's website when, <laughs> when that fucking snafu happened with the, with the sound. Um, so for the sub- submission only jujitsu tournament, Aaron Blanchfield, uh, purple belt from, uh, silver Fox BJJ, Aaron Hurl from, uh, team Cobrinha. She's a brown belt. Fiona Watson, a black belt from a notorious MMA. Gabby Romero, Hollywood BJJ. She's a black belt. Gabby McComb, Gracie Humaita. She's a brown belt. Debbie Romero has been in some of the exhibition fights. Yeah, wasn't that the chick that just fought? The same chick? A, I think it was a different one. Is that not the same Gabby Romero? I don't think it's the same one. You might be right. I don't know. Um, I just, I thought it was. Uh, Gabby McComb from Gracie Umaita. I just said that one. Catherine Shen from 10th Planet. Kristen Barlin. From uh, Cairo Terra, uh, 
Leela Smadja, 10th Planet HQ, Livia Guchuwaska, Absolute MMA, Olympia Watts, Patty Fontes, Raquel Cummings, Taliana Alkilan, and Tammy Musameki. Nice. And I think Tammy, man, if Tammy's in it, I think Tammy's going to win it all. I got a bunch of admiration for Tammy. And then they also got the four girls for the combat jiu-jitsu tournament. It's uh, Amy Montenegro, Brooke Mayo, Mayo, not Mayo, yeah, Mayo, Celine Haga, and Ilima Lay McFarland. Huh. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about uh, Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu? Um, I think it's fucking awesome. Like, I would totally give it a shot. Okay, so my 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 thing with it is, if Tenth Planet was so, if this, hmm, it's good for MMA, right? Okay, because it doesn't work in a gi. Yeah, it's not meant to work for a gi. I mean, it's uh, going to a lot of the submission undergrounds that I went to here in Portland. Um. It's fun to watch in the in the nogi, um, but you can tell anyone who does gi there is either Gracie based or they were Gracie based and went to Tenth Planet. I feel you. Because my argument is, if Tenth Planet is so good, where, where's all the the IBGJF champs? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's uh don't think it's good for it's it's definitely combat sport based. Yeah. yeah. I think it's got a lot of elements of wrestling and and even judo and stuff mixed in. But it's entertaining to watch and it gives I think it gives uh not everyone's meant to go, you know, that strict, that strict, uh, Gracie Barra style where, you know, you do gi and then you do no gi and, you know, some people don't want to even touch a gi ever in their life. And those are the people who are going to be drawing a 10th planet. You know, and, and that's so crazy to me. I, I love gi. I, I actually rarely never train no gi. Very rarely. But I, you know. I feel like I'm okay. Yeah, I, I, I always do better in no gi than I do with gi, but I only train in the gi. Huh. Huh. Because when I don't have a gi on, guess what you don't have? You don't have handles. You have nothing to hold me down with. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I, like the, I like the people who can do both styles. And be super successful at them. Like I, uh, I sent you that kid, uh, Jake Watson. Yeah, that kid is fucking awesome, dude. Um, yeah, he just got his brown belt. Um, phenomenal. And then I, I meant to tell you this. I had to actually look it up to make sure I got the number right. A dude, I know in passing who trains with Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, trains directly under Andre. I always fuck up. Galvao. No, Maracaba. Oh. Um, who is the, he's a dude in Arizona, 
but one of his main students, his name is uh, Matthew Gillette. Mm -hmm. uh, he goes by Mattzilla. He actually just posted uh, two days ago that he is in his weight class and age division. He's ranked fifth in the world. Nice. Yeah, if you go to ibjjf.com, um, I, I don't know what exactly. Yeah, they have the rankings there. Yeah, but he's fifth in the world. Um, he is the second highest rated guy from the USA. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, that kid Jake Watson, man. Oh, my God. That, I told you that kid's the future. He's, he's, he's going to do something. Well, you know, who else was uh, – well, you know, he didn't, he didn't win his fight, but my boy who just got signed to the UFC, the heavyweight, Nick. Oh, he yeah. 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 You know, he fucking – man, it didn't go his way, but off three days' notice, man, what can you – Yeah, dude, I uh, man, I love when they – Part of me is a double-edged sword. I love when guys get short notice and, and they fucking just go out there and just throw everything at it. But at the same time, you're not seeing their full potential necessarily. Unless they were, you know, very rarely. But even then, like, you know, you can train every day, train every day, but when you're in fight camp, you, I, you know, I always see my boys train harder in fight camp than, you know. Yeah, not to say they never, never train. That's not, you know, they just... You give it more. You you know you try to learn, take in more. Yeah, and your recovery schedule is different. You know your your nutrition's a little bit different. But uh, I mean, like last night at Glory, dude. If you watch the Glory fight on from last night, mm -hmm. there was a guy who came in. I think he was on five days notice, and he beat the fifth ranked fighter in the world. Wow, on five days. Yeah, came in as a twelve to one underdog or some crazy shit like that. And came in and uh, just blew him up. Did, did, you, did you bet on the glory fights? Do you bet no. on the fights? No. I, I I I have bet on fights, but I did not touch those ones. Hmm. I just I, I wonder. I I bet every once in a while. The one the the one that made money for me was when I bet Tate and uh, Diaz. Oh, nice! I I, I parlayed those two. That was a, that was a good night. Sorry, yeah, I'm, sure. I, I'm uh, I I started watching uh, Tanya's old fights. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's just a. Uh, she looks like a chick who kick your ass in a bar. Oh yeah, she oh, definitely is. So, well, Chad, thank you very much for this. Um, I guess let's try to do this again, man. I, I really did enjoy this. Yeah, it's fun to have the fights on the background. I told you, man, dude, we could have did this any day this weekend. There was Glory and Bellator last night, Invicted a day, and there's UFC in the morning. There is? Yeah, they're over in Glasgow, uh, Sweden. As I was talking to Jocelyn about this, they're not fucking, they don't promote it. It's Gunny Nelson, dude. Gunnar Nelson is one of my fucking favorite people to watch because he is literally like a hitman. He's uh he he he's uh team fucking McGregor so fuck him, but I I, I might uh what are they the ten o'clock ones or the eight o'clock in the morning fucking early ones? The main card starts at 
think I think the main card starts at nine o'clock my time. Okay. Okay. Shit. So like noon for you. But the good news is, is I think they're all flight pass, so you can watch them anytime. Oh, that's good. I had um, what was was it the Holly Home, the Randomé, or was it what was the fight happened a couple weeks ago and it was like at eight o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Oh yeah, the one from uh, where the fuck was that? Was it Japan? I think it was Japan. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the worst for me is when uh, I, I have been that guy where the fucking fight starts at like two a.m. <laughs> and I gotta, I fuck, I'll, I will go to bed. I will set my alarm. I will get up and watch the fight. And those are the most fun fights to be on social media with because. Only you and the other hardcore motherfuckers are watching it. So you will like build a little chat circle. Like, I remember watching one fight. It was literally like three o'clock in the morning. And I was up watching this fight. That's when the main card started, was like three o'clock in the morning. And I had a like circle, pretty much a circle jerk chat going on Twitter. <laughs> Me, someone from Bloody Elbow, um, fucking Tommy Toehold was in there. And like, Two other people who are like huge in the MMA world, you would never be able to get a tweet across to or any other fight because it was at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. You're the only other motherfuckers up there, like 12 of you up watching the fight. And you do this mainly because of your thesis, correct? No, I do this. That was not a, that's just not a pure fucking obsession. Oh, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, but those. <laughs> Do you use that as well that uh, towards your study? Um, no. Well, I can't actually conduct any research yet. So I still actually got to pick my 10 accounts to follow. I'm not 100% on who I'm going to follow because I don't want to follow someone who's going to have so much shit going on that, like, it takes me three months to analyze it. Like, I, mean, I would never, ever consider following, like, Dana because – he, po- he could post a smiley face emoji and fucking 10,000 people would comment on it. Yeah, I see. You you don't want to go too much on the deep end, but you also don't want to go too far on the other side of the pool where there's nothing to, to, to yeah, research. I, I, I think I'm going to do like, you know, people who are big enough to have followers, but not big enough to have, be like Twitter all-stars. Like, I could never do like Rogan. I mean, Rogan will post like 20 posts in a minute and then just get flooded with responses. The crazy thing about Rogan is, is as much as he posts and he's doing it himself, he's really not, you know, he doesn't, he's one guy, you know, who doesn't have people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but like, I need to do someone like, uh, like Nate Diaz, like big enough name to have followers, but doesn't post so often then I couldn't follow the I couldn't follow the trails. And then you got to pick ten of those. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But I could. I mean, I, I got so many different. I mean, like I could do Tanya Evinger. Like, not, nobody, probably eighty percent of MMA fans probably didn't even know who she was until the cyborg fight was matched. You know. You know what's funny is I was just thinking about that. You could probably do a, a whole gang of. Invicta fighters, yeah. But the problem would be then you don't have any male fighters you're following. 
yeah, I need a good mix. Like I need yeah. people. I need I need like I haven't decided exactly who I'm gonna do, but I need someone who has made it to the UFC. You know, maybe they had like two, three, four, five fights and then got cut and they're still trying to work their way back into the UFC, so they're fighting for like, you know, LFA or um, one of those type of uh, events, and then I can get a good amount of responses and a good amount of activity because they're still trying to get their name out there, but at the same time, not be flooded. You can probably pick 10 of those easy. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard. I mean, I that's one of the main reasons I picked the, the topic because I have enough outside knowledge to not overwhelm myself. Like, I found a study I can almost mimic to the T. Um, the authors did the NBA, but they did all 32 teams. Oh, wow. And they did, like, like because of the way the seasons are structured, they, they did, like, a random week. So, like, let's say there's 30 weeks in the NBA season. They picked at random a Monday from, like, week six, a Tuesday from week 12, a Wednesday from week seven. And then it created a week, but because they have a season going on. And my teacher was like, well, what's the season for MMA? I go, there's not one. That's the reason I chose it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Getting into research talk again. Hey. You're getting, ready, getting ready to shut it down, and we went right into the research talk. It happens, man. It happens. Well, like I said, thank you very much. And um, anytime, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'd love to have you on. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Sounds good. Take it easy. All right, man. Later on. Thank you for listening to the Fat Boy Podcast. Have a nice day.